Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Do you fancy some bonus content with this episode? Then fear not. If you start to my Patreon today, by going on to www.patreon.com forward slash travel podcast, then you'll find these extra features every week for Monday and Friday's episode. One bonus episode every month, some ad-free content, some early access to episodes, the exclusive added travel must-have feature on every episode, patron shout-out, some ad hoc bonus episodes, you'll get a copy of my digital travel planner which is available on Etsy and you'll get my monthly Winging It Travel podcast magazine. If this takes your fancy, you can sign up for £4, $7.50 Canadian, $6 US a month and I really thank you for supporting the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast, thanks for listening and supporting this and I'll see you soon. Cheers James. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode and I'm joined by Jack and Maddie, The Pursuit of Silliness. They're both currently in Colombia and have been traveling Central America for nine months. I have nine months ahead of them in South America. Recently, they've just won the Salina Road Trip Ecuador competition, which is super awesome. And I can't wait to hear about that. And today we're going to hear about what is in store for them for their travels, how they won the Salina, and also some classic wanderlust conversation. Jack and Maddie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Excellent, James. Thank you so much for having us on. We are really thrilled to be here and we are looking forward to just exchanging your travels and Talking about absolutely some wanderlust, I think, as you said, couldn't put it better. Yes, weirdly enough, I interviewed someone last week or day, the week before called Dave Seminara, and he had the ambition to write a book about wanderlust. What does that actually mean? Like, there's not actually much literature about, you know, like you hear it on Instagram or whatever, right, about wanderlust, but you don't actually know what it means. And uh, he I... set up in this book and he found himself immersed into this like extreme traveler community. And that was like where he found his answers absolutely agree i don't really know apart from if you hashtag on instagram i imagine millions of millions of posts come up and you're right i don't know how many of those people or including myself actually know quite what it quite what it tells i'll be really interested to read that book then that'd be fascinating yeah oh it's a great travel book if you just need something to read when you're in a hostel whatever it's called mad travelers mad travelers that's that suits the pursuit of silliness quite well yeah yeah (laughs) it would suit you guys pretty well (laughs) fantastic fantastic so where are you guys currently based at the minute? So we're right on the north coast of Colombia uh, in a place called Costeño Beach. Um, we're actually volunteering at Costeño Beach Hostel, which is beautiful. If you get a chance, have a look at their Instagram. We try and volunteer in really remote places where we can't really spend any money. <laughs> so that's, Classic. <laughs> that's definitely the best way we've found to, to budget and save money and also we wanted to be in a beach. The past couple of ones we've done have been in the jungle. And we thought, take this opportunity, try and surf. And yeah, just get some sun, really. Absolutely. And we absolutely love volunteering. I mean, I'm sure we're going to speak about some saving, travel saving yes. tips. But when you, have a, when you have a set time for your travels, we've, you know, we, uh, we've set a period of time that we want to travel for. So our way of saving money is having days of not spending essentially mm-hmm. because we're not we're not in a situation to travel as long as we want for uh, you know for indefinitely so i think that when you have like volunteering we're saying that we're really passionate about and encouraging other travelers to really 
really dive in for. Let's talk volunteering now, then we'll go to pre-travels. So volunteering, I've, I've done it once. That was in India on a camel safari camp. Real interesting. Oh. As a UK based, you'll probably will get this. The, the name of the company was called Trotters Independent Tours. Now only fools and horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you've, you've, I hope my dad listens to this because he will be thrilled that I was that quick in remembering <laughs> Del Boy and, and Rodney. And that was, the, that was the guy's name who owned it. He's called Del. He's actually passed away actually? now. Yeah, unfortunately, he passed away last year. But he came into the office one day and I said, Ah, oh, so only fools and horses. Like, what's your favorite episode? And he went, Oh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> why is it? Oh, why have yeah. you named your company something you've never seen? Probably. But very, very the urge to get out an inflatable doll and to put it near a radiator <laughs> would be yeah. almost too much for me to resist. Manny's looking at me with some crazy eyes. I, I, sh- I would like to expand on that. Maybe I've got time. Maddie, I'll show you the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it sounds exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is as weird as it sounds. Trust me. So, but... so how long did you? How long did you volunteer for then? About two. It was very short. I was in India for three months. India, super cheap, by the way, if you want a, a budget-friendly place to go. Yes. But uh, two weeks just to get like a bit of grounding in the local culture. So that was in the west near the Pakistan border called Jalisalmer, which is like just over by Thar Desert. Um, yeah, and wow. they just, it's full of camels and nice little town. And they do like loads of camel to- like tours in the desert. And you stay overnight and kind of a rep for them, really. So it's interesting to hear about people's reasoning for needing to volunteer. Ours is, we love volunteering in itself and meeting people and having like, making like a family, like a, like a, like a community in our volunteering. Um, mm. And obviously a lot of saving money. But then some people's, other travellers have it, have a completely different reason rationing. Sometimes they just, we've met people who are just travelling just to volunteer, which I think is really interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, spe- yeah, exactly. Especially as it's like a first, a first stop for their travels. They go there, like, you know, Rowan in Treehouse um, in Nicaragua. Why are you looking at me funny? Name dropping people. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. Do you mean <laughs> not name dropping Rowan? He's gonna, he might listen to this and find that hilarious. Yeah, so what was your reasoning for volunteering? Anything particular? Mm-hmm. I would say it's new experience. Not It wasn't budget. It wasn't, like, feel like I had to do it. I just wanted to go in, stay somewhere in India for... A period of time where I can get myself in amongst the locals and we definitely did where the office was based in town which is the main part of town it's got one of the oldest forts in the world where people are still living in it so that's just behind yeah. us so lots of tourists coming by but we had like a guy to the left who was selling um marijuana and bung like a proper shop you go and get your edibles you go and do whatever he's sitting there and you chill the guy he's called Mr yeah. Bung or Dr Bung he called himself he's not a real doctor <laughs> And uh, he would he would arrive on his bike in his big shiny jacket. That was him. And then to the left of us immediately was the hairdressers. So I got my hair cut there. And this guy to the right was selling flowers. So we kind of knew these guys day in, day out for like two and a half, three weeks because we'd just go to the office, right? So it's quite good to know, you know what these guys say and what they're up to, what's their daily routine. And that's kind of the reason why I think. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with getting in with the locals. That's another reason we're loving it here because obviously they just speak Spanish. Yes. So, um, we're like our Spanish is enough to get by, but we're using it as a perfect opportunity just to practice Spanish all day, every day. Yeah. I, I mean, some of the words are probably not going to be that useful because it's bar work. So today I learned like sieve, <laughs> which is it's not that useful in everyday Spanish and out also, in the world. Yeah, yeah, actually, and also that it sounds very similar. So I mean, most restaurants, you know, sell you know burgers, and yeah. um, very sounds very close to the word burger 
in Spanish, which I'm if I'm correct, it means penis. So I'm not sure. Oh, if it. So I'm not sure if it. <laughs> what changed? <laughs> Um, so, so I learned that that's two very similar sounding things to be careful when you're, it's true to be careful when you're serving locals at a restaurant and you say, do you want a burger? I think it needs to be interpreted correctly. So it's got to be said pretty, work, pretty accurately. It's got to be said very specifically, very specifically. Um, but yeah, we've, we've done, this is our third volunteering of, of our travels so far. We are having done this one, as Maddie said, two in the jungle we did in Nicaragua. We put ourselves into a tree house very much. And then in Costa Rica, we did a hostel, a lovely hostel called Belita. So you walk 40 minutes in the jungle to get to, and it was a nudist hostel. So, which is something that we, right. yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> we really threw ourselves in for really, because we've actually been to a, a nudist beach. We sound, we're sounding so liberal now. Nudist beach in, in Mexico. We're not yeah. actually that kind of vibe. I'm not sure I like that word usually. We went to a nudist beach in Mexico and had a, and had a great time there in Cipolite. And we came across this hostel on Workaway, which yeah. is the app that we, I'm sure you yeah, might have heard of, it's the app that we use, which is fantastic for you know, speaking to people running hostels. Got in contact uh, with the, the guy who runs it. And we only, did, we only did two weeks. So we only planned to do two weeks because we had just done volunteering in a jungle. And we, as much as we loved it, we had... We did miss a bit of reality when we were volunteering, I think, in terms of we had no internet. So not that we want to roll our phones, but speaking to family as we do travels and coordinating with friends as well. We had family organized, like family coming out to visit and to try and organize that during this nudist hostel volunteering. So we wanted it. We only did a couple of weeks, but we absolutely loved it. It was as exactly as it sounds. It was a lot of time spent naked. Um, I mean, it gets a little bit scary when you're obviously in, in the jungle, like rainforest. So it's in the Osa Peninsula, yeah. which has, I think it's got something ridiculous, like 2% of the world's um, biodiversity in this tiny little area oh, wow. of Costa Rica. Mm. Um, so obviously when you're in the jungle, you're not wearing anything except your welly boots. <laughs> um, and and you're, you're, you're seeing snakes everywhere and spiders. And it, it definitely is a, a whole new thing to think about it? <laughs> i've got it's, so it's... many questions but carry on go on, go on. sorry we'll take this gone okay first question let's just go there so well, my thinking is this is very basic thinking so this this might suit your name for pursuit of silliness if you're uh, as a couple obviously nude and you see other couples that are nudes do people get excited i'm basically talking about lads do they get excited walking around seeing other girls naked or is it completely different type of vibe we have to use the word vibe there it is so that is the question that we have more <laughs> more than most by a mile and right. i usually respond with some sort of quick whip saying the boys usually spend an extra half an hour in bed in the morning like not like just to like wait till everything sorts itself, <laughs> sorts itself out before getting up uh, but in all honesty it's actually not that from our point of view it's not that vibe and from the people we met it's not yeah. that vibe where the guests turn up and it's a uh, i can't comment from what they were thinking but mm. it's a really respectful atmosphere and it was very much a hostel so it was completely backpackers which i assure you you'll agree backpackers do have a certain mentality a shared mentality of yeah. how like throwing themselves into a situation and like engaging with a situation not sort of how to explain it like going in and just taking the mic essentially is what i'm talking about they yeah we i feel like backpackers will put themselves in any situation and then really go for it and i think that's what we what we experience as well that everyone's around raking in the nude like all the past and what i what i would say is 
they could have advertised the fact it was a nudist hostel a bit better. <laughs> what I mean by that is we did have a few occasions where guests would walk up the hill <laughs> and we were told to put on a towel to meet them initially. So you go to yeah. meet them, the guests have the lovely little pleasant initial conversation. And then you do just say, so as you're aware, this is a, a nudist hostel. And then you're met with about five blank looks from people <laughs> who go, no. <laughs> and, and that is a conversation which we had to have a had to have a few times with a couple of different people to their dismay, I imagine, or shock. I'm not sure. I hope they I hope they didn't none of them minded. Okay, and my next question is being in Costa Rica, lots of animals around, bugs, whatever. I mean, I'd be worried that I get bitten quite a lot. Mosquitoes, whatever it is. I'm, I'm one of those people who do get them quite a bit. I'd be worried that they would be approaching areas I don't want to be bitten on. Was that ever a problem? Well, I think it was a problem for one of us. <laughs> um, I, I think Jack did find... He, he had a mosquito bite him once in an unfortunate place. Yeah. I don't think it was particularly pleasant, was it? Mm. It could not have been a worse place. And that's all, I, think that's, I, think that's, I think we should probably leave it at that. Yeah, yeah I think it's, a, it's, it's gone to weird territory here, but I, I've had a few questions, so let's leave it. No, 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 I can no, more okay. than I can yeah. more than happy. Um, if anyone goes to the nudist hostel, uh, and unfortunately, you need to be careful where you spray mosquito spray and deet repellent as well. Oh. So, as a if anyone does fancy going to it, it's a one or the other situation. So well, there you go. It's, it's the top also tip. The, the sun cream because it was so sunny there. You you do find yourself putting sun cream in places you've never put sun mm. cream before, yeah. or never yeah, have yeah. to worry about. Really, <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, so true. Bad <laughs> point. So true. Bad so true. <laughs> All these eye-opening experiences you have. I'm not sure if James is looking at his face, but I, I do, you know, sun cream that when I'm naked sunbathing in my back garden. I'm, I, you know I mean? I, I'm not going to, people may be going on along, I do that at home. So whatever yeah. takes your fancy. But it was a new experience for us anyway. I'll leave it there. A great experience. And volunteering as a whole, how do you see it? You asked me, how do I see it? How did you see volunteering? It's just a way to extend your travels and obviously save money. Um, was there anything else that, why you wanted to do volunteering or... Was there any certain yeah. type of volunteering you maybe want to do? Um, it, it really varies. Um, obviously, like our different skill sets, like we've both worked in bars a lot. Back mm. in the UK, we can talk about it a bit later on, but I'm a physiotherapist, Jack works in sales. Oh. Yeah. Um, so they're quite like business jobs. We had a really hard couple of years. Like I was I was working in hospitals during COVID. And I think we just wanted like something completely different volunteering mm. wise. Like we looked at like um like you know the classic like helping with construction work and things like that but unfortunately I have zero experience in that so I actually think I'm less less used than I am any good at it um but it's, it's so nice to just have a routine and like the volunteering we've done so the, the treehouse in Nicaragua they work really closely with the community mm -hmm. um so we really socialized with the locals we'd go down and play football with the local children nice. and and a portion of the money goes towards building the community running um English lessons down there and lots of the employees are also from the local community it, it's not just like finding bars and hostels to, to work in it's we, we try and find try and pick and choose don't we absolutely and then and another thing for me was putting our jobs you know taking a year and a half out it definitely was an aspiration of ours to expand our skill sets and to really think about what we're doing whilst we're traveling we've definitely enjoyed ourselves but going away for this long you always think okay how is this going to transition you know when we when we do un unfortunately end up going back to you know hopefully moving back to london but 
with volunteering, I feel like this, you know, working on like hostel social media accounts and just putting ourselves out there, dealing with different situations, having, you know, thankfully really good reviews for hostels so far. We, we feel it shows like initiative and we would always recommend getting, if you, especially if you're nervous about returning to work when you go home and what, how it's going to be finding a job, we can actually turn back on a lot of our experience in hostels and say that we had, we did honest day's work whilst we were traveling because we, we loved it. We mm. absolutely loved it. I think we, and we like, we, we like being busy. That's something we've really mm. noticed is when we're working in hostels, we can't sit around to do nothing. We, I wish, we, I think we actually kind of wish we could be people who sit in a, who just sit on the beach all day, do a little bit of work here and there. Yeah. Nope, we hear six hours work. We are desperate then to do six hours work <laughs> at a hundred percent speed all the time. Uh, so it's, it's, it's something that we would, I feel really passionately about recommending to anyone who's thinking about going traveling, especially if you're young now. I think going traveling when you're, we both did traveling when we we're 18 going traveling like we did it by ourselves and mm-hmm. i kind of wish that i had i i can't we, we both kind of did volunteering slash uh, put ourselves in like a family like a comfort family situation with other people when we went traveling with a team but i think i really would like to throw myself into four weeks volunteering in a country so you can really get used to it get used to the people and you meet so many people traveling through the hostel mm-hmm. so we did our volunteering our first one in nicaragua as we were then traveling south, we met, you know, tons of people who had seen for a day at the hostel and who we oh, wow. had connected yeah. with, shared stories with, and shared recommendations as they've traveled ahead of us. So essentially stolen what they mean, <laughs> stolen their <laughs> ideas, uh, which I'm sure they were very happy to lend us. But that was also a really big part of it, wasn't it? Mm. It was fantastic. Definitely. And even as, um, particularly as, as Brits who are notoriously not very good at languages, mm-hmm. like working in hostels, there tends to be, it tends to be quite multicultural. You get people from all around the world and people do tend to speak a bit of English. So like coming to particularly Central and South America where people, it is, people mostly speak Spanish, particularly in Colombia, people really do not speak much English. Um, which is great it means you have to learn but if you go to a hostel it's it's less daunting if if your spanish isn't isn't as good it gives you the opportunity to learn but also you can get by and and have someone explain it to you rather than just speak to you in a in in a foreign language which is definitely quite scary yeah you make a great point about the whole purpose of travel right but things i want to achieve so learning spanish is one what you guys are doing yeah fantastic that, that for me is either volunteering or just living somewhere for a month or two in the same place and trying to get involved i want to like work at maybe or volunteer at a cafe and do some coffee stuff so like coffee so go to do a barista course i've got all these things listed that i want to achieve and it's not just you know just going to see i don't know some temples or whatever it is so i think it's a good point yeah, absolutely it's good to have a bit of purpose and not just kind of aimlessly wander all the time because that can get a little bit samey samey and a bit you lose a bit of love and interest in travel so you need to be careful with that if it's long-term travel that's so, yeah that's such a good point. We, we fall, once we do a bit of volunteering, we then fall in love again with the two days here, two days here, two yeah. days here. Yeah. So if you can, if you're the sort of person that can just do that relentlessly, then fair play. I, I imagine you see amazing, you know, have such a good change up day on day, day in, day out. And I ju- it's just, yeah, you know, as, as you said, it, it's, it's dependent on the person. And it's just not, we like to have that bit of set time to reevaluate and just to regroup in the same place and then refall back in love with that two days here, two days there. Yeah. Going back to what you said about learning Spanish, um, just a, a tip whilst we're on it. Um, 
if if anybody's or yourself is planning going to Guatemala, it's a really cheap, great place to do a Spanish school. We oh, had, right. we okay. did a Spanish school for a couple of weeks there. Oh wow! And, um, yeah, best value for money. Um, I think we paid something ridiculous, like a hundred and fifty dollars a week per person. Wow. Per person, yeah. and that included five hours of private lessons a day, five days a week, plus a homestay and all your meals. That's incredible. Which is really good, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I might have to get you um, that detail of that actually for me personally, but also yeah. I could share that as well. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to say as well, all your volunteering <laughs> this year, I can grab maybe some um, details from you, and I'll put them on the links uh, in the show notes. Absolutely, I'd love to. Yeah, of course. Absolutely, that's great. And you mentioned just before that you're in UK, COVID. Where did you both like maybe settle before you went to Central America? Where were you both kind of based? So we've lived in Cardiff the last yeah. six years uh, post-university and then for work we lived in I'll say the an apartment together for a year before we came out traveling that was our first year living together yeah. so during COVID wow. absolutely loved it and we love Cardiff as well Cardiff is a really special place great place it's, yeah. it's a great place have you, have you been to Wales or Cardiff I used to go there quite a lot back in the day this is like 10 years ago now but there's one pub I love in Cardiff it's called the T-Mower I don't know if you know it. You I like to think that we're, I, I'm disappointed that I don't know it, frankly. <laughs> Maybe it's closed. It's, it's 10 years ago. Gonna, but we, I mean, I'd like to think we'd have been there. Disappointed Nick. to know. I was hoping to be like, I'm, I'm going to know this. I, mean, I think that. they have as many pubs as, as people. Yeah. yeah. People That's in true. Cardiff. That's so true, actually. This is near Lisbon yeah, if you want to go, and Thornhill, that area of Cardiff, if you know it. Oh, yeah, we do know it. We do know it. We do know it. Well, they, actually, that's a really good... If anyone's planning a weekend in Cardiff, what I can highly recommend to do is, I'm not sure what it's specifically called, but a tour de Cardiff. You don't actually cycle, but you dress in cycling gear and you run between all the pubs in Cardiff, <laughs> which is not a, not all of them, but you it's not long between each pub, I'll be honest with you. But highly recommend sprint. that as a... As a yeah, as a, it's a bit of a 10-second jog sometimes, but yeah, highly recommend that as a weekend. And Cardiff is, Cardiff is a beautiful place. We... It's such a dive. Wales itself is such a diverse country mm. and a really proud country as well. It has some of the nicest beaches. We were so lucky to have gone to amazing beaches in Central America and Colombia. The beaches in in Wales are just there's a there's something called Secret Beach down by Tendi, which you know now it's your podcast might not be so secret, <laughs> but, but highly <laughs> highly recommend it as as a destination. If you Google it, I'm sure you can find. They literally is called Secret Beach, yeah. and you almost get like a massive. It used to be an army base, so mm-hmm. when we first went there, it's when these all war old army warning signs, and we sort of we had we didn't really know. It sort of blindly came across it, me and a, and a few friends, and we were a little bit skeptical to hear to to see the the gunfire might rain down us on our little <laughs> beach for at any given time but it's old signs and it's highly worth a visit if you're ever down ever down near Tembe. a beautiful country yeah yeah love it absolutely it was life like and um, before travel was just was covid obviously a big thing so i guess that was just bunkered down there and did you start like having thoughts about planning this trip because you just need to get out like what was the between maybe london and cardiff where, where you were to maybe going what was the thought process of maybe going away i think well we've we've both loved travel so the first night we met it sounds very soppy but well we met in a club in cardiff yeah. and <laughs> the first night we met we spoke about our dream of going to me going to south america and jack specifically renting a camper van in patagonia oh yeah actually something that we will be doing yeah. later on this year um, 
So yeah, to think back to like the first night we met when we spoke about that seems mental. But travel, like we both have traveled quite a lot separately, like beforehand. And we tried to sneak in a few holidays before the dreaded C word, COVID ha- happened. Yeah. <laughs> I came back from a, a long travel, like a, a nearly a year uh, to, to do my degree and always knew I wanted to go off again traveling. And uh, I think Jack was quite similar. We've both done the classic Southeast Asia when, when you're a bit younger and quite yeah. a bit of Europe as well. But yeah. you were really lucky. And, and also my mum is a travel agent. So oh. I think it was almost like in my blood <laughs> to travel. And, and the same for Jack's dad. He, he did a, a lot of traveling when he was younger. So almost just brought up with the idea and constant talks about yeah, trips absolutely. and where we want to go. And COVID for me during work, something that really teased the idea of, because we, we decided that we were going to save up. The really teased idea for traveling was I worked with a lot of international students and my first question would always be a lot of the time just to just like get to know would be like oh tell me about what you know where you're from or one of the favorite your favorite places you've been to and being like they'd have you know get out their phone be really excited to show me there whether it be like a hometown home city their favorite camping destination or something like that and it was just amazing to see all these photos of these places that people have come from or like they're missing because they've been stuck in you know international students got stuck in the UK I was just thinking, I would see his picture and go, oh, I, I can't wait to be able to actually see a picture and go, I can go there. You know, so I, I just occurred to me a couple of times driving home from work being like, I've seen, I've just spoken about six amazing places that I could easily fly to in a heartbeat right now. So that was, that was something that really, I say, yeah, that really teased traveling. But we, we were really lucky. We both worked all through COVID. So we're no, yeah. under no illusion. No that was very, we're very lucky. Um, Maddie obviously worked, I did sales manager. Maddie worked in a hospital, so she absolutely worked her socks off for, for, for two years. Uh, so we, I was really proud that Maddie managed to do that and not a nice situation. So having this to work towards was also really important. But we kept ourselves entertained in our, in our little flat with, for example, we did, have you heard of geocaching by any chance? No, I've not, no. Okay, so geocaching, I highly recommend it as an app. And unbeknownst to us, how do I describe it? It's in every single city in the UK and yeah. possibly around, around, the world, around the world, around the world, potentially. It's a community that's hide these little <laughs> capsules with like a stamp in them. And we downloaded this app and we were like, oh, I doubt anyone's done Cardiff. There were about, how many were there? Hundreds, Hundreds in Cardiff. <laughs> and we walked down the road to a, to a gate that led into our local park, magnetized to the underside of the gate was a little capsule. <laughs> Like tiny, tiny, like the size of a thimble. The size of a thimble. Yeah. And then yeah. you open it up, and it's got this whole row of paper in, and everyone signed and dated Date, when they yeah, were there. Yeah, absolutely. So oh wow! Community that we'd never heard about, and we spent. Never heard of this. We weren't allowed inside anywhere, yeah. so we spent a long time cycling yeah. around Cardiff, hunting relentlessly <laughs> well, for these, we, for these we, tiny little we, objects. We were, <laughs> I, for better words, underneath a bridge. Underneath a bridge. I mean, down like down trees, underneath a bridge, and I was. I was just thinking, cool, this is going to be hard to explain to anyone. I thought my housemate jogged past at that, <laughs> at that moment and said, and just saw us. They were like, guys, are you okay? <laughs> what are you doing? And I went, don't worry, we're just geocaching. Which yeah. is just, just, Sounds just even weirder. <laughs> it makes it sound yeah. absolutely even weirder. But highly recommend, down, uh, like, if anyone you know, download geocache and just, just not even necessarily to play. It's not really a game as such. To Just to see if there's any near you because... It's actually had some of the clues and stuff. It's a big like um, puzzle as well. A lot of the clues are like a bit hard and mysterious, like mysterious to mm. guide you yeah. 
to where the, the stamp is. So we did that. We made a lot of dens in our house as well. <laughs> as well. <laughs> we, we made a lot, of, a lot of birthdays and a lot of like celebrations. I don't know about you, James, but for, we, you know, it's quite like a, and it's an important thing for us. So we, we, I, bought, like, I bought like a massive wallpaper off the internet of like a paradise island and stuck it in the garden oh, and got like nice. a little paddling pool and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, how what what sort of stuff did you get up to to keep yourself entertained? Well, that's a great question. So we we had the same idea as you, right? So we arrived in Canada, two year work visa. Right, right. We'll go travelling after that. We'll put a plan in place. Then obviously COVID happens, and we're like, oh shit. Well, we have to stay now. So we've got permanent residency. And we've got that now, which is great. It's another five years. Um, but it still didn't. Yeah. Still doesn't mean we're staying here. It just means that we had to extend because of COVID, right? And yeah. As time has gone on, we're just itching now a little bit. We're getting, well, I'm definitely getting itchy feet. So I think it is ominous, but I yeah. felt like we were just getting to the point now where I think you put here, you don't want to feel comfortable um, on your notes about why yeah. you want to go traveling. Very much so that I feel like it's a bit easy. It's a bit easy just to cash in the, the money from the job and the job's okay, that like I can do the job. And I've got Sky Sports equivalent here, watch football, I can do anything, right? Got oh. all the things. Yeah. But yeah, things absolutely. don't mean anything. So I think I think also these experiences for Maddie, that's kind of where I'm at now is I wanted to go. And then couple of that with starting the podcast, which kept me very busy. They're the kind of things that kept me busy, podcasting and also trying to plan our trip if we're going to do one. I think yeah, making experience. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Maddie's looking at me. So I wrote making experiences with uh, with you. I should say, we're on a podcast with Maddie, not, not <laughs> making experiences, <laughs> <laughs> making experiences with, with, with Maddie. It's... We had we we you know really made the most of it with some silly silly things um, for the last yeah two years at home. But I think making having shared experiences is such a good way to whether it's you know actually whether it's your partner, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's people go away and travel by yourself, and you can make the best friend of your life in five minutes traveling, and yet mm. you have those experiences with them. It's it's not something that you know I, I see as, but for me it is obviously is obviously with Matt. I think it's just something that's so tangible and so shared that it's it's something that you will look back on i won't necessarily oh, yeah. look back on saying that if arsenal do win the champions league i will look back on Arsenal <laughs> winning the champions league someday but i won't look back on i won't look back on my my day-to-day so much whereas i look back on every day whilst we've been away with with a lot of funness well i think there's there's some things that you just have when you're away that you just can't actually get in the uk you know there's absolute like take your breath away yeah. moments something that are really really special that i think is a good enough reason for everyone to want to travel yeah absolutely absolutely that almost defines wonderlust right to the degree there's yeah. more to it but i think that new experiences and it doesn't have to be every day it can be just like you know it happens every other day or something like people think travel is probably something every day as we said before in this episode it's not always that you do have downtime days, but I think you guys, I don't know, next, next time you leave Columbia, this hostel, where you're going next, you don't really know roughly what's going to be like, right? You know where you're going roughly, but what's it going to be like? You have no idea, right? That's the whole point of going somewhere new and experiencing those kind of experiences with people yeah. and with who you're traveling with or even on your own. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Certainly beats nine to five anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So did you know you wanted to go for a year and a half? Was that based on money, budget, or that was a perfect time to go? Like, what was your thinking there? I wanted two years in my working life and to do the company I was with. 
I, I got my senior position. I wanted to do a year in that role because yeah. I want to then take that forward when I, when I get back. And so that, that kind of lined up a starting point as well as Maddie also wanting to do complete a year as a qualified working, two, uh, years. two years, sorry, as a qualified working physiotherapist. Yeah. So that kind of gave us our start date. In terms of an end date, I think what sort of materialized now is that we, we would like to, well, two things actually. Initially, it was for moving to London and being closer to family. We've lived in Cardiff the last, yeah, as I said, six years. And mm. although it's only a two-hour drive, which now since we get 16 hours, and it <laughs> doesn't seem quite so, quite so drastic, but we're not, a, we're not a quick cup of tea, quick like yes. pop round for a cup of tea kind of distance away. So we wanted to be in London. We've got a lot of our friends, you know, 90% of our friends now live in London and we want to have the London working experience. For me, Cardiff's charm is that you know everyone and you know everything mm. and it's super familiar and you walk out your front door knowing that you're going to bump into someone you know on a night out. And I actually love that. I think what we want to experience now is living in London where everything's new and you can experience something new each Got it. Like each evening or each day. And I think mm. that's sort of the reason for why we don't want to spend much longer than a year and a half. Well, I, I think I think initially we kind of started out thinking maybe closer to two years. But also we found, particularly traveling, traveling during COVID, uh, it is more expensive in Central and South America. Um, mm. We had like a few costs to start with, like PCR tests, antigen tests across borders. Um, and some places you had to take um, specific shuttles and things like that. And so I think that was probably an added cost. Um, also, we've kind of found, so we're very good at budgeting. We say, no, I say sorry, we, I'm no, very good is, at budgeting. <laughs> I was going to say, so this is, uh, this is in the note. I actually wrote in the, in the note. I think, I, I don't know if I even gave you enough. I definitely said, Maddie is amazing at. She documents <laughs> everything. <laughs> so, so further, I, yeah, yeah. I honestly swear by it. I write down every single thing we spend. We have a daily budget. Yeah. Uh, if we go over it, then the next day we go under. It kind of just like works out. It's not, we don't stick to it every day, but every month we do. Um, and I honestly swear by it, that is the only way to travel for a long time. We kind of got to the stage a few months ago where we were having quite a few days not doing that much because we wanted to stick to our budget or we'd gone yeah. over trying to do things like whitewater rafting and paragliding because we love to do everything so we, we sat down and we were like well we could cut out a trip short by a couple of months increase the daily budget which means that we actually get to do more we were like mm -hmm. we're not here just to spend a few like quite a few days not doing as much like i think we'd rather we're going for quality over quantity now also fits well because we'd like to go to fingers crossed go to glastonbury next year mm -hmm. oh yes yeah yeah it'll be hopefully and be back in time for glastonbury would obviously a nice way to to celebrate celebrate being back <laughs> <laughs> very um, i think uh, we're very tempted to go next year as well actually glastonbury but we'll we'll see it, what the plans it, are oh, nice. you, i've yeah i've i've never been i it just looks it just looks incredible as you said it's kind of like hot luck really one of the questions actually i don't know if you've experienced this james is when it comes to scheduling countries in your time that you have mm. is we funnily enough had a, i've had a, and we've actually loved having our friends and family come to visit and it kind oh, wow. of leaves us like with stop markers of where we need to be why when which I, we having spoken to, to people who are traveling for our length of time they've not quite experienced as much as us i don't think it's just a different experience, I think. I don't know if you've experienced that when you've had people come out to visit and you, you're like, okay, I've got to be in this destination by this time, so I need to do 
this country in a month and do this country in two weeks. <laughs> do you know what? I've never had anyone visit until this year. <laughs> and I've, oh, I've, really? been, I've been working and traveling for nearly 10 years. So um, my situation is a little bit different where I grew up with no travel um, exposure. So very working class parents, very, it would be at, probably at best next county, right? Lincolnshire, I'm from Norwich, so Lincolnshire, maybe up occasionally down to Cornwall, but very, very limited. And there's no interest in travel really until maybe when I started to live out here in Canada, there's a few flickerings and maybe come to visit. So that's the first time it happens. Even when I was in London studying, I didn't get many visits, if any at all. So yeah, I've never had that travel where I had to be at a certain place one time. But what I have had is back in the day, I don't know if you, you guys remember SCA travel, got yeah. rest in peace. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. they done round the world <laughs> tickets, right? So you, you have to be, yeah. even if you can change the flight date, in theory, you have to be at that point at that time to get that flight. That's the only thing I've had in terms of maybe not being as flexible in terms of medium long-term travel, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's oh, yeah. funny, isn't it? I think because of COVID, I think uh, lots of our friends obviously haven't been away in a very long time. And, and actually, like, you can get quite reasonable flights and like if you go off-season. And then once yes. you're out here, the, the cost is, I mean, an awful lot cheaper than going anywhere in the UK and probably Europe as well. Um, it's, it's just a matter of like getting over here. Like, my mum, for one, is completely living vicariously through us. She's already been out twice and is planning oh, really? a third trip. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> it is so, it's, so, it's so much fun. And we've had one of our, like two of our friends come out, set, uh, one of mine and one of Maddie's, and come out to meet at the same time. So had like a little road trip through Guatemala and it was really interesting. So we did a total of a month in Guatemala. We did a two weeks at a Spanish school in the same place. Yeah. And then, so usually we sort of set like, on average, maybe about a month to travel a, to travel a country. It's varied, it has varied massively between that, but that's what we, I think we kind of set out to do. Mm. And, but for Guatemala, we then said, okay, our friends are coming. They've got two weeks. We're going to do Guatemala in two weeks. And it was just a really completely different way of traveling to what we had done and what we, what we have been doing. Had bearing yeah. in mind, they are absolutely, on their first holidays post-COVID, they want to have just like a, a big, big, a big blowout time, which is, and it, it's just, it was just a completely, it was really refreshing because we weren't traveling like that. We were being so careful. I think we are having done three months in Mexico, which wasn't the cheapest of countries. We were then doing, okay, we're going to be really frugal for a bit. And then they came and it was really nice to go, oh, let's have, let's have the same time that they're having for two weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was fantastic. Definitely it? blew the budget a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> boring money one. <laughs> this is the question I get asked probably the most from people, right? When I, in terms of listeners, about people who come on podcasts like yourselves, is like, how do you fund a trip this long, or what is the budget? So, are you willing to say what was the rough budget you had per day or per month on your travels? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so it we budget 50 pounds a day between us nice so between, 25 yeah. pounds each it, it was more it, it was yeah we started yeah. off with a little bit more in mexico but only like i think it started off like 70 pounds more and i think we could have done it a lot cheaper um we i think 50 pounds that includes everything mm. all of our travel food activities when and when you actually break it down it's it's not actually that much um i think we we manage our our budgeting obviously by volunteering as we said yeah during the volunteering we try and spend no money that that is definitely a good way of doing it um 
And also we don't always stay in the most popular hostels because actually we found some of the most popular hostels, particularly in Colombia, like um, at like 15 pounds each for a dorm. Which well, can be quite a wow. lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's quite a lot. Yeah. So, that, so that's obviously nearly over half our budget. And mm-hmm. um, so we we do try and pick and choose. Like we'll we'll do a few nights in an amazing fun hostel that's slightly more expensive, and then a couple of nights in somewhere Booking.com or somewhere that's a, a bit yeah, a bit cheaper. Because as well. some hostels you just can't miss. Some some of the some hostels are a famous a famous for a reason. I think that yeah, we yeah. do go to them. Because, oh yeah, we, we, because, we pick and choose, don't we? It, it really depends on where we are. You, you get what you you pay for in a lot of the hostels, um, and we try and find the hostels that include like breakfast and activities, yeah. and then obviously you saved a lot from that point of view. Okay, that's yeah. very interesting because you obviously include the volunteering right to offset the cost. So that, that's like what we save for a day and stuff, but that's not what we spend each day. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah. I yeah, think that's probably the yeah, best yeah. way to yeah. to this. That's what we have set, but that's not what we spend because. We we say, for example, we go. We are going to go to the Galapagos. So we'll be, so that will be much more per day. But as you said, that will be offset yeah. with days having spent much less than that. Yeah, we we offset the big things. We've kind of yeah taken a few big things out of our budget. So the Galapagos, Machu Picchu is another one. Oh, classic! Yeah, that Brilliant. is. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. more expensive. And also, I don't know if you've heard of it, the San Blas Islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah San Blas Islands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which is absolutely incredible. Totally mm. worth the money. And as we say, some things are totally like worth the money and you need to spend it. That's exactly what we do. We counterbalance it with volunteering and cheap days here and there. Um, but yeah, San Blas, unbelievable. Okay. And up to this point, any surprises for the budget in terms of countries that may be a bit more expensive than you thought? Mexico is is surprisingly expensive i'm surprised by it, that. yeah yeah it's do you know what it was compared to mexico and guatemala but compared to nicaragua nicaragua was such good so cheap it was really yeah. cheap mm. i think that we didn't realize how expensive mexico uh, on a day-to-day basis and yeah. guatemala were until we then went to nicaragua and went oh this is really cheap um <laughs> I think what's interesting is that what's expensive varies between countries. So mm-hmm. buses, and let me get, I might, I might need a man to say, buses in Guatemala were, I can't remember. So buses vary in price, not necessarily dependent on which is the most expensive country, for example. I think, and for example, food as well. Buses in Mexico were very expensive. Buses in Mexico was really expensive. Really? But then wow. street, yeah. but food was then, if you go want to eat yeah. out, Mexico was super cheap because you could get cheap street food, right? food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you, you then, amazing. which is, oh God, the food in Mexico was, was oh. unbelievable. Oh, we will come to that, the, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you, and you compare it to Guatemala, where actually the food is more expensive because you don't have the same street food culture. Mm. But then maybe the buses are a bit more reasonable. Oh, it's so hard to like tell you, yeah, explicitly what's a more expensive country, dependent on your, depending on your preference and your experience, really. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably, uh, obviously, Yucatan, like, uh, Cancun, Tulum, all of that region is below your budget completely. I mean, you named Cancun. Yeah. We only spend one day in Cancun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, there, there's a couple of places around there that are lovely. Um, but obviously, if you're backpacking, it's, it's not really a, a backpacker lifestyle. And there's really some really lovely, probably nicer places in Mexico as well. Okay. And we, one of the actual thing, big things we say for, for saving money is cooking. We are massive advocates for cooking in hostels we will book hostels if they have their you know a lot of the time with their cooking facilities yeah. yes yeah absolutely and airbnbs as well yeah. 
if they have their own kitchen. We use reusable Tupperware. We actually have, there's an amazing um, company called Four State um, back home, which um, Maddie's friend is the owner of and has done, they do loads of reusable products. Um, and we have these amazing old capsule Tupperware. And we live out nice. of capsule Tupperware for the past. Yeah. Oh, we've, we've <laughs> saved so yeah. much money with those, haven't Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really big uh, ad. And I think in yeah, we've got those for our camper van. I think that's, uh, that's key. Uh, saves a bit oh, of space. Yeah. Highly, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think reusable products for us is something that just generally does save us money. And mm. I think it's a responsibility as, you know, traveling as well. We, we've seen a lot of unsustainable travel to make a bit of a difference where we can. I think it's super important. Yeah. Getting the buses instead of flying and all of that. What are, yeah, what, are there any other products? So in your, do you say in your camper van? Yeah, we've got a camper van here. It's converted Toyota Sienna, so it's actually a big car. But the oh, nice. Kiwi couple before, before us, he must have been a carpenter or, or something like that because he is like put shelves into the to the millimetre that's like perfect, right? I can do that. Um, so we've got, <laughs> it's got, a, it's got a double bed in there. It's got like a kitchen at the back and it's, we're going to put a sink in ourselves. That's one thing we're going to do to it and we made a few adjustments to it. But yeah, it's amazing. Are there any, so this is something that I actually having thought of maybe just about a week ago, something is actually quite interesting to hear about people. Are there any like items that you have which are more like, do you think, niche to yourself? So I was thinking, we're speaking to like a bunch of people about this, about, and I thought actually when you pack for a trip, is there anything that you put in your backpack and think, cool, I don't know if anyone else has thought of this or I don't know if anyone else would ever think of to bring something like this is there anything you've got like that i'd be super interested to hear if you do that's a great question because i asked that question in my feature later so you are going to get asked that question um, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but what i've heard is on this podcast so far uh has been more clothes actually that i've underrated i'll tell you one of the best answers is a bandana do you have a, do you have a bandana um, uh, no but i said to i've said to manny i really want a headband for patagonia yeah. and and I think I'm probably going to want a really, really warm hat, but I might just be really stubborn and just go for, why, why, why was it such a good idea? Because he said that the bandana is flexible, so it can be on your head. It can also be covering your eyes if you need to black out some, some light. It could also be a bandage if you hurt yourself. Um, there's multiple uses True. for it. And they're cheap and they're light to pack. That's fair. That's quite good. So, okay, we won't delve in. We won't. We won't delve into any of our answers because we let. We let yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's a few things that I would definitely pack, like earplugs. I bought some new ones called Loop Loop earplugs. I'm not. Get, I'm not getting paid to say that. Uh, they are. <laughs> they are brilliant. They block out so much noise if you need to get sleep, especially for hostel living as well. Uh, I might they're great. Invest in some of those. About twenty five US dollars, uh, roughly. But they um, work. Uh, I. I've always had a problem since day one of sleeping with noise, right? It's been a huge problem, but these are game changer. So yeah, kudos to Loop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maddie's, and, look, Maddie's looking at you very like very like very longingly at the idea of those airpods. I'll, I'll send you a link. The buses, the, <laughs> yes, please do. It's the night buses with the snoring people. Yes, that I exactly that. Cope exactly. With. Oh. Yeah. We also we also did we did learn that and it's called maybe a strong word. I think that maybe I don't know if it's access to headphones. But a lot of people play music out loud on night buses in Colombia, oh. which, which everywhere. When I say, <laughs> well, sorry, when I say, oh, yeah, yeah, everywhere, which is, which was something new to adapt to because it's also, it's, you, you know, you're not in a situation to, excuse me, can you please send your phone down? Yeah. They might not have headphones, which is a very, very yeah, fair yeah. thing. So it's again saying that if you're traveling to Colombia, highly recommend some of James's headphones for night buses. Yeah. And secondary noise is a problem, right? So I always pack ear cancelling noise cancelling headphones right they're they're must as well 
So I've got them and earplugs. They're the two that I would have to take before anything else. And my San UK flip-flops, which I bought in Hawaii, was a ra- random purchase because my, my shoe broke, but they were unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. yoga mat type bouncy material on your feet. Unbelievable. Oh, They're wow. probably the, the three I things am- I would I have. I can imagine the Hawaiians... The Hawaiians know how to do the flip flops. Yeah, I, I, I totally <laughs> yeah, see that. Yeah. There you go. I totally see that. Totally World experts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask now your trip so far. So, Central America, right, right to this point. So, Mexico, let's go straight there. I know you joked before about we can't talk about Mexico, but we can talk about Mexico because I'm going to go there for Christmas, I think, maybe in New Year. Um, but okay. the, the caveat here is I'm meeting my friend who I traveled with for six months, 10 years ago, almost to the day it'll be. And he just said, Oh, mate, have you been to Mexico? I'm going there in December. I'm like, no, but I'm going in December, so we're going to meet up and have a bit of a reunion and talk about the last 10 years, which is quite cool. Probably will be a podcast episode, probably. Um, so I'm super yes. excited. So maybe some your best parts of Mexico. Uh, so actually, we were really lucky. We kind of timed it. So we actually arrived for Day of the Dead in oh. uh, Merida, yeah. uh, which was absolutely out of this world. It's um, We chose Merida because it's a really cultural place. There, there are places that obviously... Well, you may not know, but it, do it a bit more like commercially. Um, but actually, like we saw all the authentic dances and all the costumes, and that was that was truly a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Um, from there, we th- we then went to one of our favourite places that we've been, Ila uh, Holbosch. Um, unfortunately, we weren't there to see the whale sharks, but there's so much more to the island. We are we're just a sucker for an island. I think you'll find if you ask us our favourite places. I think most of them will be yeah, islands. I'm the same. We love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's just, there's no cars. There's just golf <laughs> buggies. Everyone just dances in the streets. It's just such an amazing place. And you can see the bioluminescent plankton. I'm not sure if you've ever seen bioluminescent plankton, but it's... No. Um, it's we we that... have been on endless hunts. <laughs> endless hunts for... <laughs> Glowing, yeah. When you say bioluminescent, we like it's the plankton that lights up when you touch it in the in the water. Yes. And yeah. you you just you swim through it, and your whole body lights up, and it is absolutely amazing. Whether everyone gets excited about it as us, I I don't know, but we are incredibly excited. The sea is literally glowing. Yeah, that, it's incredible. Like I, I would be excited. But if you're not excited about that, I I would be asking some serious questions. I would yeah. be suspicious, to say yeah. the least. Um, yeah. It's just very suspicious. Yeah. We then went to, I'd also recommend Cozumel. If you like scuba diving, which we do. Um, so all these places that are like around Yucatan, um, all on that east coast of Mexico. I'll let Jack mm. talk about the other side. Um, yeah, Cozumel has some really good diving. People talk about it all around the world. It's, it's very reasonable and you'll regularly see, like I saw an octopus just sat on the sand, just Changing nice. color as it was breathing, it was truly amazing. And yeah, it was my first diving experience. So I think that will always be a bit, a bit, a bit special. So I did my first qualification there, and then I did mm. my advance in Honduras, which we'll talk about in a in a yeah. second. But it was also our we had Christmas away from home, which was re- yeah really like really different, but it was amazing. We we had absolutely like the best time that we the like a completely different time. But a really lovely time, and we had. I think it was a really let's call it silly, like a silly atmosphere to the whole two weeks that we that we had uh, enjoying Christmas down in in Tulum. And we, I think it was, I think it was like well, I was good. I've written down here jumping into the wrong car. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I'm not bad. <laughs> it's so funny. So I wrote, I wrote down that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got. I, do, I think I need to tell it. Okay, you, you, yeah. <laughs> 
basically, we we were going on a boat trip. So we were trying to find some wine, obviously, for the oh, boat trip. Yeah. So we were driving around, trying to trying to find some wine in a rush for the boat trip. We were actually with my family at the time. And then we pull up in this petrol station and um, Jack runs into the shop. Unbeknownst to Jack, we have to move the car. So we move around to the side. Um, and so we're just parked to the side. And we see this, this long gangly man running out of the shop. That is Jack, the long gangly man. He runs, <laughs> runs out of the shop. And he's running in the opposite direction. And I'm like, where is he going? And I start, start shouting out the window. I'm like, Jack, Jack, over here. But he does not hear me. I start beeping the horn, still doesn't hear me. He opens the door to this other car. Okay, and let me, <laughs> let me, okay, I'll explain the site that I that came to. It was a very pleasant Dutch family. And they had <laughs> their four-year-old child in the back seat. And I jumped into the back seat next to their four-year-old trouble. And I jumped in, I shouted without alcohol at the four-year-old <laughs> and his two parents sat in the front. To which point, I'm not sure whether they thought I was going to kidnap their child. <laughs> yeah. This was a pet, like a pet random petrol station. Um, and then apologized in Spanish to the, what well, I, I, I think that I think Dutch because they they then spoke English to me and I yeah. kind of I think it's like a nose English. They sort of shouted at me a little bit in like a kind of a funny way. I apologised then in Spanish to them, which is obviously not their language. And then ran out of the ran out of the car, probably giving this four year old an absolute <laughs> terror fright. Oh like what was was yeah. it was it the same car in terms of like the, oh, how it looks? For the record, it was the same. <laughs> But in oh, my it. Eyes, it was not exactly the same. It was definitely not the same. <laughs> but if it was the same, we wouldn't be having. We wouldn't have had. We wouldn't have had this issue. Me screaming without alcohol at a random <laughs> family enjoying their probably their first holiday with their four-year-old. They're never ever going to get on a plane again, are they? They've, they've, they've got a story. They've got a story. They're locked, or they'll lock their doors. There you go. Moral of the yeah. story: If you're listening to this podcast <laughs> yeah. in future, lock your doors. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and, so yeah, that was fantastic. We had our first our first Christmas, and I personally, the other countries that I loved, I absolutely love San Cristobal. So okay. San Cristobal is like a I say colder town. It's not a very good way of describing it. It's an it's a beautiful, not even a small town. It's just I think just have a look at it. It's small, like colourful houses in Mexico. It's a bit cooler, so you walk around in trousers, which for us was a bit refreshing having just come off from the come from really hot weather mm. and they have an amazing atmosphere there are loads of different food cuisines they have a really amazing free walking tour there we love a free walking tour yeah, and they key. take you through the town absolutely they they give you loads of tasters they talk about the community and the outsiding areas as well which is really interesting and in san cristobal they also have a a wine bar that does one pound glasses of wine. And every time they bring a glass of wine, they bring a small bit of tapas with it for free. Yeah. So you have same in Spain, right? A, yeah, exactly. And you, you, you get what kind of name that you get like, yeah, amazing bits of food with it. And you can just sit cool. there as Vino de Baco. Vino de Baco, as loads yeah. of musicians alternate, like performing in front of it. Awesome. I love San Cristobal. Um, most I love San Jose del Pacifico for the views, some of the best mountain views that we thought in Mexico as well was stunning. And going, going back to San Cristobal, there's a little town that you can visit just outside that has some very different... You're going to talk about the chicken strangling, yeah, aren't you? I, yeah, I know. So basically, there's, there's a church there that you, yeah, I know. Yeah, there's a church there that you can visit. Um, and, and you pay and you can have a, gui a guided tour, which I definitely recommend because they fill you in on the whole history. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, the... the culture there and the, the beliefs there in this little town uh so if you're unwell 
first of all, you start off and you, you light candles um, and you pray. And then if that doesn't work, then you you basically strangle a chicken in the church. Okay. And um, that, that's, 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 that's their belief. So you go there and you see all these people sat there next to their chickens. I didn't really want to watch the whole process, but um, you, yeah, you know that that chicken's not coming out of there alive. <laughs> Sorry, any vegans listening. Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they also have, they, they burn a colour candle depending on, you know, whether they want health for their family but they also will burn a black candle if they want something bad to <laughs> happen to someone else. And like, we saw one gentleman who was sat there, honestly, 30 black candles <laughs> were in front of him, all burning away. And I was like, you really, you really are upset with someone, aren't you? Like, I clearly, I, I, I would love to know what you're wishing happens to them. It's super interesting. I think it was something, I think we love hearing about like the culture of places and really yeah. going and experiencing. And, you know, we, we look at it, we look back at now and it's a bizarre experience and so forth. But obviously that's something, you know, that's really important to them and their culture and yeah, of of their, yeah. their day to their day to day life. It's just such a, but you know, if they, it'd be interesting when we talk about, you know, other cultures to come to visit, you know, to see us in, in the UK and wonder what, I'd love to know what people think is bizarre about us. I've oh, never yeah. really thought about that. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a good point. Do you know what? People could would probably look at our, like, fry-ups. No, maybe not fry-ups. Maybe just our food in general and think of how bizarre it is. I'll tell you so one like, thing I think people would find bizarre. One thing is if you guys agree, which I've only seen in the UK, you know when you're in a bar, right, and someone drops a glass, or it could be barmaid, it could be someone who's just drinking there, right? The whole bar cheers, right? Like, yeah. when you drop a glass. Yeah. I've not seen that anywhere. And I've, I've been in places where there's been a few Brits in a bar, right? When they, someone's, someone's smashed and there's a, there's a few flickerings of a, but no, everyone's like, what are you doing? I think that's one of the things that find it weird. <laughs> well, they definitely that would. Be, that is such a weird thing so to do. That's so true. Why that's do we so do funny. that? I have no because idea. Because we're, we're horrible. We're like, we're, hey, you, you spill, laughing at you, someone. You, you, made yes. like you made a mistake. With other countries, they may be like, Oh, that that person. I wonder if they're okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, that. I, I'm going to think about that a bit more, and I'll maybe I'll message you, James. See if I've got. Another, see if I've got a good one like that. Yeah. yeah okay. At Waka, as they pronounce it, on the notes. That's on my list oh, yeah. of places in December. Of places to go. It's we we the food in Oaxaca is amazing. Okay. They actually, if there's on Netflix, there's a show called um, Street Food. Am I going to get this wrong? Yes, something street food Central America or street food Mexico, something okay. along those lines. Yeah, and there's actually a lady in it who has a food cart, and she appears in the TV series, and you can go and find her in Oaxaca. Yeah. So that's something that's like if you're I've I've watched Street Food USA and Street Food um, I've seen it, yeah, uh, yeah. Asia on the recently and really fantastic mm. shows, and so to go and to to go and do that absolutely, and just the food in general, you can't really yeah. go wrong. But if you make a little plan for five top spots in Oaxaca highly recommend that something to do for the day yeah the, the street food is amazing the food in Mexico is just completely different wherever you go yeah. and completely different to what we get in the UK what we mm -hmm. get in the UK is like Tex-Mex it's yeah, what Tex the Americans have yeah. made have made Mexican food it's completely different to, to what they they actually have um, we'd also recommend going to like Hierve El Agua it means in, in Spanish in English it means boiling water boiling water yeah, uh, yeah. but it's yeah, you may have seen the pictures. The it's like over the mountains, the iconic pools, and they've got petrified waterfalls there as well, mm. um, which is just outside Oaxaca and definitely worth a visit. Okay, that's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. And Absolutely. As a whole for Mexico, you mentioned the food. 
is it as good like on the street maybe more than a restaurant like is it worth just doing street food only or did you sort of go Mi- to restaurants as well i would say i would say mix it up i think okay. it's probably the best way to say it we i had i went for example i found an amazing cart in tulum that did a like chilaquiles which i'm not sure is a traditional breakfast but it's a traditional dish in mexico and i had it for breakfast i'm not the sort of person who goes to the same place twice but mm. i went back there three mornings in a row because wow. the guy there because he, he made it so personable a lot of them really value coming back as well i think for me street food vendors that was like massive them recognizing you and being like how are you doing today it's lovely to see you again because they really value you being there but then mm. we went to some restaurants for example in holbosch the they have like they have a I mean, that's food court is not what it is at all. Yeah, they a have food, a food market. Food market. There you go. Food market. And they have they have three or four amazing some of the some of the amazing food in just these more restauranty setup. So mm. I think it's as long as you put it's one of those things. If you do a bit of research, find out the places you don't want to miss, and then then freelance on top of that. I think is probably my advice. For, yeah, we we um we always research restaurants and places to eat before we go i think it's actually saved us so much money and saved us eating some shit meals as well like we tend to yeah. av- avoid the avoid the touristy places and yeah and have a look on so many people have done blogs and everything and we Absolutely. we love them because in a restaurant you get the atmosphere you sit there you play cards there's live music which you don't get in street food it's quite often street food you get your food within five minutes and you're done yeah true True. There's a bit of yeah, both. Absolutely. And let's move on to Belize. It's known for its diving, Belize. right? So yeah. did you do diving there or did you do other stuff? We actually did, we just did snorkeling in Belize. And I think we're got, we we would love to dive in every single country we go to. Belize is a country that we we went, it's Key Corker that I wouldn't say that we did it at. And we spent 10 days in Key Corker, one of my favorite places. We absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, the diving there, is really expensive. There is no, there's no two okay. ways about it. Considering how near it is to Mexico and Utila, which is some of the cheapest diving in the world, it is amazing diving, um, I'm sure. But we snorkeled there, and actually we could sort of snorkel, and the guide that we were with was free diving 10, you know, maybe about 8, 10 metres down to where people were diving. It wasn't that deep yeah. where oh, we wow. went. Okay. So actually, if you're happy, and the visibility is amazing, yeah. So if you're if you're happy, go you know snorkeling. Um, if you want to dive, I completely understand that you get to really immerse yourself. I do. I absolutely love it. But if you want to save the money, the snorkeling is exceptional there. What I would say is in Belize is we learned the about the we always look at our dive shop before choosing them, but we really did learn the importance there. Unfortunately, in the area that you snorkel, they got into the habit of feeding a lot of the nurse sharks there. So put your re- I would just say put your research in to find out the ones that don't do that. Oh gosh, obviously right. for, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that was just another just a point to be like you're doing the right thing researching dive shops, not just shopping around for the best deal. Like there is other things important along with money when it comes to choosing who takes you on these experiences. So we're really we're really happy, and we did see you know you see amazing nurse sharks, stingrays, turtles. Yeah, we saw so much on just like one boat trip. On one boat trip, yeah, it was fun mm-hmm. and fantastic. And Belize is a, a surprise place. We actually went, so as you go down Yucatan, um, so yeah. down the side of Mexico, we ended up in Bacala. And I think we had planned to go 
maybe across or straight back up. We were so close to the border of Belize, we actually decided that we may as well just cross here and have our have our two weeks in Belize. And we're we're so glad that we obviously we're going to do it at some point. But we I think it was a great idea to do it then. Okay. And, yeah, and another place that we we loved was there's a little town called San Ignacio, um, and there they've got the ATM caves. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're no. ranked as in the top ten caves in some ranking that somebody told us. <laughs> don't ask me. I like one. these. I like yeah. these. I know. I, I'm, it's, um, but, I always say that to you. Be like, oh man, this is the top like the top yeah. places to go and get dinner tonight, and I'm like, oh great is by like joe blogs who's never been yeah. like to, uh, never been to the country that we're in but it's it's <laughs> so know, true I'm, so I'm pretty sure that i did that i believe that was i a do good, yeah, good yeah. it was a good um but yeah the atm caves basically you go on this it's about a three-hour tour of inside these caves um and inside basically the the mayan people um believed that the caves were like the entry to was it the underworld and the, yes. the gods lived inside there so mm. when they ran out of water because they cut down all the rainforest so the water gradually disappeared and disappeared so they'd send their shamans in dressed as jaguars and snakes and they'd go in and they'd offer sacrifices and like pots full of gold and and, and food they they worship the corn mm-hmm. um so inside is actually a calcified skeleton yeah that's oh hundreds of years old and it's wow. pretty much intact and you can see where where the person was unfortunately like wounded in the sacrifice so it's mm. it's fascinating and the amazing thing the calcified the amazing thing that it's like glitter like it's like crystal so it like glitters yeah which is wow uh, which it's is very very indiana jones-esque yeah. with like <laughs> kingdom of the crystal skull like it's it like in terms of how it looks which is which was remarkable to hear all about the history behind it yeah was fascinating we well the one thing is about belize that we didn't expend is hitchhiking so oh yeah it's, yeah, yeah. it's not something that you know i i was you know as a kid growing up as well you don't don't get in someone's car that you don't know <laughs> and i would never actually tell anyone go and hitchhike because it's something that you need to make the you know decision for yourself yeah. but we but having in the areas of belize we, we were actually traveling as a group of three of us you it is the culture there to hitchhike and to the point where we got dropped off and we had to get back to our town by hitchhiking and we there was no there was absolutely no one picking us up i I don't know how long we were there but we were waiting for these vans and in our fairness we were a bit slow because there are people who were waiting with us and they would run and jump at these like pickup pickup trucks oh really oh wow but yeah which was amazing you know it was all part of like the experience but then this massive coal lorry sort of like was chunkering past. We sort of half-heartedly put our thumbs up, you know, to be like, I didn't know that. Next thing we know, he, this guy is pulling over in his whatever, you know, I don't know, I've said weightage of a lorry. I've actually no idea. Mm. A massive lorry, like, you know, an inter-country lorry full of coal. And he sort of opens up, he's like, get him, get him, get him. So there's <laughs> one of us in the middle, pretty much on the gear lever. Me, <laughs> yeah. me and Maddie on my lap. Him blaring music and <laughs> and shaking in a cabin that i've never ever experienced for in my life and he he not only takes us to the town he drops us at our front door of our hostel yeah. wow. like a door-to-door service by a massive a lorry a massive outside of lorry. hostel <laughs> yeah yeah which was yeah and doesn't expect anything in return doesn't expect anything in return yeah. you know we want to give him money and stuff and it's amazing that was so there you go if you're if you see hitchhiking in belize yeah absolutely 
that's my so, new rule traveling hitchhiking in each country that's the that's my new sort of thing i want to do um i've done it in spain we, this we year we do hear it a lot um oh, but yeah uh, i think i've really got more into it in terms of listening about it because i had someone come on a few weeks ago called frank uh, paradis he hitchhiked in afghanistan and pakistan right and then in africa he's still there oh, now wow. so he's a real proper hitchhiker but he raved about it the, the you know different types of people that you meet they never want anything in return all that sort of stuff and it's safer than you think maybe for males solo females i'm not sure as a couple i think it's fine but yeah it was quite interesting yeah. to hear how yeah. it works it's something that me yeah i would love to hear more about from someone who's done it frequently having just to hear their top tips i don't think we actually looked at I'm sure there is a sure they would have a top 10 like tips for hitchhiking because actually before I went and do it like you know as you said do it every you know in every country I think that's something that I'd like to know a bit more about I think before really delving into it somewhere where it isn't the culture too necessarily yeah yeah if you're listening to this episode now you can check out um Frank's two parters as part one and part two and it's pretty much every country that he has been to so far he's hitchhiked pretty much perfect yeah, good, some good tips in there. And he talks about it's not as bad as you think. Um, I think he was even in Sudan when there's like some sort of civil wow. war about to happen. So yeah, he's he's been there. <laughs> he's an extreme traveler, Thank but you. good to hear. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's go down to, we're, we're going to go through some countries here that you've been through. So let's go to Guatemala next, um, which you've already talked about a little bit so far, but looks like you had a great time there. Yeah. Guatemala was amazing. As Jack mentioned earlier, we did it a bit faster than other places. Uh, Guatemala is very easy to travel. There's kind of like four or five main places that everybody goes to. Uh, okay. The buses are rubbish. They will be little <laughs> shuttles, shuttles yeah. around that take twice as long because the roads are rubbish, apart yeah. from the one road that goes from the south to the north. And the only reason that's good is because the cartel built it oh, to God. traffic drugs. Right, okay. So... Um, <laughs> Yes, yeah. as, 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 the, as, as, as the locals told us, as they like, told us, they oh, okay. the, that explains why the roads so good. They, they, the cartel did a better job of building their roads than their government. Oh. It's, uh, it's, and you wonder why they a, sometimes, yeah, what have some cartels like you do wonder, don't you? Like, why yeah, can't the government exactly. just do it? Oh, well. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. a bit mental. Um, one of the highlights of Guatemala is definitely climbing um, the volcano Acatenango. Mm-hmm. Not sure if you've heard of it, but it's it's an uh, well actinango itself is not active but it's right next to fuego which is active right um it's a good six hour hike up and you sleep at the top in cabins and um, yeah. but i would say it's six hours but doable for pretty much anyone i think yeah you can okay. you can put your mind to it they give you breaks and snacks and, you can take as long as yeah, yeah, you can take as long as you need um you sleep at the top have a lovely dinner and then there's the option that we crazily did <laughs> for an extra four and a half yep. hour hike up and down up and down to wow. actually go to fuego which is the active volcano yeah but you can see it from the top of actinango as well and it erupts every what 20 minutes if you'll be if you're prepared to potentially be reduced to tears like i was then <laughs> it is it's it's totally worth it once because you get to the top and you you feel like when the, the, the volcano explodes you feel like the lava is going to land on you that yeah. you have you they give you a little like a glass of like a, i said like a little cup of wine and they just sort of like crouched like shut like shut down together and stuff in the pitch black and um, tears are unnecessary potentially but it, it is amazing to do once and we would recommend it if you get to Akinango you're filling up for it to to push yeah. on and give it a go but Akinango itself is definitely actually, oh god the view from it was yeah a unique view I think to, for to us. see a volcano erupting is one of a kind and and you see it in the day and it's, it's just smoke coming out of it 
but mm. it, it is still lava, but it just looks like smoke. And then as soon as the sun goes down, you get the stars behind it and just this like gushing red lava coming out of it. It would definitely not be safe in anywhere other than <laughs> Central and South America. <laughs> I think I've had yeah. to convince my my partner Emma to do that because we went to an active volcano in Vanuatu and we climbed up and it's you know it's all kicking off right the lava and you feel like it's gonna spoon your face. And we got to the point where it was dark and you could see it when it's like ridge, but then the sulfur blows in your face. So like you're singing eyes and it smells oh, and like oh my god, I'm gonna fall in. So I think it was a great experience. Like you say, it's a, it's a one-off experience. <laughs> it's, it's a cool. one-off experience. But I, think I would, I would do it. something like that again, like especially where you, where you guys are describing now, but Emma might have to be convinced. <laughs> the, another option for a, a crazy experience in, in Guatemala is, I'm not going to remember the name of the cave, but it's, it was up near Semenit Shampi. It is a set of caves where... They're all water lined. I don't know if that's the stepping, not the correct technical term, but there's filled with with water as you walk through them, and you have to swim through parts of it. Mm. What they do to really, really add to the add to the terror is they give you a candle to hold that they set alight, and you hold the candle and mm. you walk through, and you've got a, the, this cave with the you're in a line, and you walk through and you swim through parts like with the candle, sometimes like between your mouth. <laughs> and occasionally someone else will like drip wax and then you have to scale these these bits of rock of cave without any rope and climb up through and then jump into these little like cave shuttles which water flying like 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 a water shoot in a cave essentially in the, and pitch, black. In the pitch black with with your little candle that the guides will then turn around if yours go out they'll go here's a new one and throw it pitch black <laughs> in the, you're about six meters away and they'll chug it to you pitch black potentially lit as well to really add to, uh, add, to, add some danger so that was fun and really the top of it was uh, and i bear in mind i love this experience uh, the guy that we had was for better the word he he was very eccentric so he would then go underwater at some times swim back along the line and grab your ankle and pull you down into the water no no so chance not having as that if, as if as if the cave monster something out of yeah like something out of like a film has come and grabbed you so <laughs> Uh, if that's your cup of tea, it was again <laughs> a crazy experience once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Was fantastic, and there is actually Guatemala was a real surprise. The wildlife in Guatemala was. Um, we went to Tikal, which is the ruins. Yeah. So in Mexico, you've got amazing ruins. Mm. Just yeah, you know, in Guatemala, not as known, but I think you know equally as beautiful, spectacular are these you know these Tikal ruins and these temples and the views out across the jungle the wildlife in there is amazing so if whatever reason you haven't got the time to see the ones you want in mexico and you're popping to guatemala i would highly recommend i would recommend going to Tikal anyway it's, yeah. it's so beautiful it is we went for sunset it's in the jungle so you get the experience of the jungle as well as you can actually climb the ruins which you can't do in mexico mm. so you get this view of on from like i think they're like 80 foot high ruins it's amazing yeah, I think it's, it's on my list, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think I will go there. I think I've done a bit of research on that already. Yeah, yeah fantastic. fantastic. Down to Honduras, you put only Utila. We stayed in Utila for three weeks, and it was the only place that we went in Honduras. We, you know, we had friends that did go on to visit other parts of Honduras and had an amazing time. Mm. We had, Utila is a place that we had researched, and the diving there is some of the cheapest in the world. 
And I, I wanted to do my advanced qualification there. We wanted to do loads of dives together. And, that, and that's exactly what we did. I think that we committed our time to doing that in Utilla. And, you know, for, you know, we want, I don't want to say safety, safety reasons, but we were told that Honduras is not the safest place to travel around. So we kind of decided yeah. that we, we're going to have, love our time in Utilla. Let's do that. And then, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately move on. Because I know there are some amazing lakes and stuff to see in Honduras. Yeah. But Utilla itself was, yeah, three weeks. And we'd, I'd actually advocate for something that we did in Utilla, which was going on Facebook Marketplace for accommodation. Oh, okay. Maybe on group, maybe groups, maybe Marketplace. Um, right. Utilla has an amazing community, like for backpackers and expats, or that they all are so unbelievably helpful. If you want to look at a really supportive community for an island, have a look at Utilla's. They're definitely have a look at the Facebook pages. Mm. And we trawled through them and found a, an amazing uh, one bed sort of apartment in these sort of collection of like cabanas for a really reasonable pl- uh, price. We found an amazing dive shop, a uh, parrot's dive shop that we absolutely loved. And we then had an amazing time having our own space. So, and then having the really sociable environment atmosphere of a dive shop. Wow. That's awesome. That's, yeah. Yeah. Which was, which was, which was, we, I think we were, I was really happy with how we did Utella. I think that was a really, and I think using Facebook groups, as a, especially the communities, they're fantastic. I don't know if you've had a look at some, I mean, some of the ones for, you know, any trips you've been to and stuff, but I would definitely recommend getting on them because a lot of the time it's people who live there and have lived there, especially in places like Utella for, the, for 15, 20 years or so. Yeah, I'm in the Facebook pages for every single country we go yeah, to. You are, I'm yeah. still in them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great tip. That's a fantastic tip. I didn't even know that was even a thing. <laughs> That you get in yeah, Facebook groups and people just put the hey look it's free for two days whatever that's amazing yeah so it's a great way to meet people and to find out about buses from place to place and also if there's issues in places or they'll tell you where the ATMs are in those towns that you can just search on the groups people will have asked the question for you yeah so, or, or you ask your own question it's so good yeah really yeah yeah, yeah probably one of our biggest tips actually I really love them okay and um, there's an abandoned <laughs> there's an abandoned hotel in Utilla. Yeah, that you, you we got told about by our dive shop and by some friends that you can climb to the top of and you can actually look out upon like upon that sounded so like a fairy tale. You can look out at the whole of Utilla, uh, down from oh, wow. the bay and stuff from the top of an abandoned hotel. Yeah. What's that called? Which, the hotel. I'm not sure what the hotel's called. You'd have to ask at the dives a dive school, and they'd know exactly what you mean. Right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Hotel um, with a view of Utilla. That's what I would go. Yeah. With. Okay. Yeah. The diving utility. There was also some lovely. The collection of islands there. Also, some, some lovely islands. And actually, do you know what something James reminded me of? The uh, you said you had that doctor in in where you volunteered with the yeah, camel safari. Yeah, Dr. yeah, that wasn't yeah. a doctor. So yeah. in Utila, they have Doctor John, who's <laughs> who's also not a. No, sorry, he is a doctor. Sorry, he is a doctor. But he's mental. But there's a, there's a song about Utila, and it's about when you go to Utila. And you never ever leave, and it's it's an amazing song. But it's on YouTube. It's you on YouTube. It's really really funny. Funny expletive to say, it, but Doctor John makes an appearance in the video, <laughs> right. and that's and you see some posters about <laughs> Doctor John. He always t-shirts. Were, yeah, he's, he's got. Infamous. He is infamous. Yeah. So there you go as well. If you want to, yeah, try and okay. find Doctor John in Utila. These doctors all got these outfits, haven't they? That people try to recreate. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, interesting character that's why that's one of the reasons why to stay somewhere a bit longer right just to get to know these guys 
it, it, it makes yeah, uh, it makes a place right i found sure. in india that people who worked at the place that we worked at said that you know you've made it a little bit locally when they invite you for chai this is india right masala chai i said what do you mean he goes well you get charged the tourist price and i was like mate it's like 10 cents he goes but the local price is five cents so okay <laughs> Um, and then he said, but it's not the price, it's, it's about being invited, right? So I think after like day four or five, one of the guys who we got a chai from every morning, we paid tourist price for, come around and said, hey, look, it's, it's masala chai time. And he brought us a free bag of chai in a plastic bag, unfortunately. But there you go. Yeah, that's when we made it. So, like, okay, so we're local now. So it's pretty cool. That, it, that's such those sorts of like, it's, it's like that sort of gesture is so appreciated, isn't it? And I think, yeah, yeah. That it's your right. It's not about the money, is it? I'm right. just. I'm just trying it's to, gesture, it's think. the gesture. I'm just trying to think about, and actually it's going to sound, it's going to sound really silly. The, the days I spent three days going back to the same breakfast place. Yeah. He, re, he, rem, not, he remembered my order and gave me a little bit of extra green sauce. I mean, that for me was, <laughs> I was like, I've made it here. I spent three days in this place. I've made it. But no, so it's not quite, obviously not the same, but just, that, that kind of gesture. Is it is that, important. isn't it? It's definitely that. You've told me another story as well in, in Darjeeling in India, which is the other side of where we were. A minute ago um in darjeeling it's, it's in the mountains right so it's quite high altitude a little bit hills up and down is a nightmare but anyway we found this one breakfast place and like like you we don't go somewhere twice but this guy um i think he was ne- nepalese actually but he lived in uk for a bit and he would do proper hash browns breakfast so he'd shed the potato you know crisscross it combine it and fry it and we went there every morning for like five days and he just knew our names knew our order straight in <laughs> like he just became part of the trip part of us like for a week and yeah. unfortunately i don't know the name of it so i'll have to go back to darjeeling and try and find this guy again because i didn't record yeah. what it's called it's like a house actually oh. it's, not, it's like someone's house amazing oh, i love it you uh, remember those places yeah yeah i just remember like sitting in there the eggs and the hash brown and oh, unbelievable um, because india is quite intense i don't know if you found this on your trip with food that for india for example it is like dow and rice three times a day right there's that's what they eat um and you, you sort of get into that mode but sometimes you just need a break i think um, we found that particularly in costa rica every meal is rice and beans okay and yeah and uh, we we really need some western food didn't we after <laughs> a lot of rice and beans <laughs> yes interesting point here which is worth talking about is choosing countries el salvador um you didn't go to so there's a documentary on the netflix minute called home to home it's by a german guy who biked around the world for two and a half years um he wow. missed el salvador out and i think he even partly Honduras because the locals are telling them it's too risky like they will you know kill you for $20 over there so don't risk it but you decided not to go there because it wasn't worth it maybe just for, for safety reasons or yeah I think we've actually had we've met a lot of people who went and had no issues whatsoever okay. um we were we were uncertain and also on a map Utila is the complete opposite side of Central America so we would have been taking a real big detour to go got it um and and funnily enough well, not funny enough, but um, unfortunately, the the week that we potentially would have gone, there was political unrest in the country and quite a few people, not tourists, only locals, um, were harmed, I think, sadly. Right. Um, so I think we definitely made the right decision. But saying that, we've met a lot of people who've been, loved it, and they had no issues. I think people have recommended you don't need that long there. Like I okay. think like five days to a week is definitely enough and just stick to the main tourist areas if people are going to go. Yeah. Um, but, but also definitely do your research, check on like gov.uk and all those kind of websites beforehand just to make sure there's nothing going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And let's move on to Nikki Wagara. So you volunteered the whole time you're there and travelled on the weekends. Yes, yeah. So um, there's an infamous hostel there called the Treehouse Hostel, mm-hmm. um, which you will you will hear of if you've not heard of it already. We were really lucky to get volunteering there. Um, it's beautiful. It's located just outside Granada, up in the jungle. It's a 15-minute walk up, uphill in the heat to there, but totally worth it. Um, and that was a great... Luckily, we were able to get the same days off and we'd have like two and a half days off a week. And Nicaragua was pretty small. You can get everywhere in a couple of hours by chicken bus. So we'd, we'd go and spend two and a half days in each place, which saved so much money for us. And we felt like we got, got really to grips with Nicaragua, didn't we? Yeah, so that's, again, so we only did, I think people would say, yeah, why did you just volunteer for the four weeks and didn't actually travel around it in terms of backpacking? And as many said there, we had those two days and found that we really committed to those two days to visit the three other places that we really wanted to, which yeah. Yeah. which was a great way of doing it. And the chicken buses that Maddie spoke about, it's actually a really interesting setup. They buy these, you know, uh, American primary school buses. Yeah. I don't know if you know about this. Right? Got them here, yeah. They buy yeah. them yeah, for $2,000 from the US when they're deemed unsafe for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're then used uh, by locals in Nicaragua and obviously for tourists as well, because you're, you, you have to use them everywhere. So, which first of all, they're deemed unsafe, which is not a great start. The other side of which is hilarious is they're made for primary school children. So when you're, <laughs> when you're I'm six foot two-ish, I mean, my friends are listening to this and they're like, oh, six foot one, that's rubbish, oh, yeah. isn't it? I call myself six foot two. Uh, it's a tight squeeze, that's what I'll say about them. But we had, we had improvised rappers get on them. Right. We had live yeah live animals get on them with us it's it's that kind of beautiful chaos that you just have to really love about a country it's just so interesting it's 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 just an experience in itself such an experience in itself it's funny when just the transport's an experience in a country Mm -hmm. it's it's the classic quote of it's not the destination it's it's the journey of course yeah so it definitely applies in that case yeah absolutely these these American school buses, like hundreds of piling around. It's just bizarre. It's also like that's that's one of the things we found. Like by taking local transport, you save so much. Yeah, money. I know. Yeah. It, it will be like fifty p compared to twenty pounds. It's um, it's mental how much money you can save. I think people are a bit worried about that, aren't they? That it's the one thing that probably is something they don't do, right? Local transport. It, it takes a bit mm. of balls to do that. I think, especially in country you've not been to before, don't know much about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and. You know, that's why setting yourself up in a in a country beforehand and staying in the same place for a few weeks is something that I would, yeah, I definitely advise to because you're right. You know, I think looking back on the these the I call them bus stops. I mean, they are these massive areas filled with you know twenty or thirty of the of these buses that all look identical with not necessarily destinations on, and yeah. you kind of just run around with your backpack trying to find the right one that will take you is something that you can't really prepare for at home. It's not like you can save, yeah. save money for that experience or it's something that you just have to brace yourself for and try and, you know, prepare in other ways, you know, learning, learning Spanish is a well, big one for it. And even if you don't learn all the Spanish, learning things like, please, can I have one ticket or like, please, can I have a bus ticket too? Or what time does the bus leave? Like just those key phrases are definitely mm really important or actually know the not even that know the place you're going it's been a few like it's yeah been, it's been a few times when i've rocked up at the bus stop and i've turned around and gone 
oh god no, i forgot like i've forgotten the name of the place we're going maddie <laughs> is in, so much better at me than that kind of thing so thank never, god i've got her honestly that is my bit of advice really know it not like i kind of glance and go oh yeah i know where i'm going and then it comes to i'm like oh god i actually really don't <laughs> Uh, well, so I've, I've learned you can, one of the handy things I learned is you can uh, download Google Maps, like the, the country. So I, you probably know that, but uh, then you can have the map offline. Yeah. Like you don't need data or anything. It's so handy. That saved us in so many situations, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's key. It depends how risky you want to be, right? Whether you want to look at Google Maps or just go for it. But I would have yeah. that as a backup for sure. Yeah. The next country here, Costa Rica, which is... I think it's on a lot of people's list actually. Um, you do read about it quite a lot, very biodiverse and safe and but equally maybe expensive. So what was your time like in Costa Rica? You said you had some family come out to visit and obviously I think you might mention that before as well. Um, what was that like for your period of time there? Yeah, we were really lucky that my mum came out to visit in uh, Costa Rica. So we weren't backpacking. We still did it. We did the same route that we probably would have done, but we stayed in nicer places and <laughs> Yeah, ate, uh, ate out more restaurants, which was yeah. really lucky. We were really lucky about that. Um, i definitely say in Costa Rica, it's really good to get a car. The buses are rubbish because generally it, it is more expensive. And people have more money. Everyone has cars. So, the, yeah, the, the public transport is not great. But there's some absolutely incredible places. We went, started up in, you fly to San Jose, went to Monteverde, which has like the hanging bridges and the cloud forest. Went to a sloth rehabilitation center. Oh, nice. Possibly cute. That's really yeah. sweet. I think it has what, like 28 national parks or like, a, crazy, or like 28% of the country is, oh, here's another fact. 28% of the country is, is <laughs> or, full of national or parks. they have 28 national parks. <laughs> no, I think it's 28% of the country is, is full of, is it's, national It's full of parks. national, okay, yeah. It's okay. national parks. So yeah. we, we went to, Three different ones, I think. Yeah. Uh, Manuel Antonio is amazing. It's along the coast, and we saw sloths climbing there. And some of the the beaches along there are constantly ranked in like top beaches yeah. around the world. Yeah. Um, and then Corcovado Park, which is further down in the Osa Peninsula, near where we volunteered, was absolutely amazing. You you go from Drake Bay, or you can go from the other side as well, and crazy boat journey. Where we really thought we were going to die and capsize and not because we were going to capsize we were like i think we'd be fine if we capsized but the waters you can't swim in because they're full of hammerhead sharks and crocodiles so oh, it was a lose-lose situation <laughs> wasn't it yeah and it's, it's when he pointed out the boats to our right that had sunk on the way the previous oh, day um, really set in but i think we both found really interesting we absolutely love was canyo island and corcovado a uh, controlled national parks so okay. they they control the number of people that That's can. Good. So Canyon, yeah, Canyon Island we dived in, and Corcovado we went to see. We went on like a safari, a guided safari walk, and seeing the difference between a controlled national park, mm. they they really limit the number of people who can go in. It's incomparable. I think if you look at other national parks, you could say, oh, but everyone stays on the same tracks and goes only goes to the same places if you then go to these places then yes you might detour a little bit more off the beaten path because there's a controlled number of people because it's you know it's re it's restricted in fantastic ways you then see more and the wildlife mm. is much more natural there i've never seen so much wildlife in my entire life but and i i i am convinced it's because they do control the number of people that can go to these places each day Oh, definitely. Like the scuba diving, I think we saw 
over 20 sharks, even wow. more stingrays. We saw a seahorse, an octopus, yeah. and like all just in. We, saw, we only did two dives. We saw everything you'd hope to see on six or seven dives in one. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. think that's probably the best way to describe yeah. it. Um, and, and we saw dolphins on the way there as well. Oh, so dream. that's definitely a, definitely a must. Like Costa Rica, the tours and things are more expensive. Yeah. We found food and everything was actually quite reasonable. And, mm-hmm. and if you go to the, the East Coast, so the uh, Caribbean coast, there's mm-hmm. some beautiful places. Um, for people on more of a budget, there's actually Costa Rica's free national park, which is called Cauita, I think. Um, and that's just like donation only and is beautiful. Along there, there's Punta Uva, Manzanillo, uh, Puerto Viejo, all lovely beach towns and more of like a Caribbean uh, reggae vibe. You, can, you kind yeah. of get completely two different sides of Costa Rica, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think it's always touted in Central America anyway as like the, the place to go. It is on my list. I think my sister's looking into eloping there to get married there and do like an immersive experience and get married i think she's looking into that oh wow, wow. yeah no, that, so, no, that would be really that would be really special yeah yeah so i'm, I'm trying to hop onto that because I, I think they want to elope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but yeah it, it's always you know on social media you see like oh this amazing tree house in costa rica or this amazing beach it's always costa rica and it. it's like it's, yeah. it's on there quite a lot it, absolutely yeah absolutely and they i think they do definitely pride themselves on all the hotels stuff on being instagrammable and for good reason because they are they are absolutely stunning we, mm. it is worth even if you know not staying if you're backpacking staying there's not an option if you can speak to them beforehand and message on instagram to be like look can we come and use your facilities for the day we'd love to post about it on our social media and you never you never know these sorts of places i think do you know what messaging messaging hostels on instagram is like something that i'd be a big advocate for it because along you know okay. refer back to volunteer refer back to volunteering we use workaway we then message a lot of hostels on instagram and hostels nowadays are fantastic on instagram i yes, think they are we, yeah. we we more so than emailing or yeah. whatsapping if you want to speak to them and you want to speak to the social you know the person obviously who's running the social media a lot more often not is a specific social media person their message we found messaging their instagram has has saved us when it comes to like arriving late volunteering mm-hmm. using like facilities of a hostel uh big ad- yeah i'd say yeah very very hot on speaking to hostels instagram that's another great tip actually and it's given me an idea i want to go take the podcast on the road so i want to like interview local people about best things to do in local areas and that that can include people who are maybe long-term staying somewhere that's fine as well and i thought well free walking tours these guys probably speak english and it could come on the podcast, right? But I didn't think about even messaging like the hostel because they p- would probably have someone doing social media, right? If they want to come and talk about 10, 15 minutes about, you know, why is their hostel good or why is the local area good? So that's a quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. Um, any tips for someone looking to book a trip in Central America? And uh, you've got Panama here, but I think we talked about San Blas Islands. But yeah, any yeah. tips for anyone looking to go to Central America? As we said, follow the Facebook groups, any Instagram pages, lots of bloggers there's loads of information like tips and tricks out there mm-hmm. um i think research is definitely key there's there's lots of key hostels in in the countries as well that are really fun to stay at um the salinas are always amazing and are always in you can almost find the, the good places to go based on these hostels so yeah. like you can look at where salina has locations in mexico and that and then you'll know that those are like the big backpacking yeah. places to go yeah, absolutely. Um, 
yeah, don't be afraid to try things, particularly the food. You will <laughs> probably get sick. Oh yeah, but Classic. but it'll all be okay. <laughs> the other Central Central America has a lot, and you know, South America has a lot of festivals. So mm-hmm. look at festivals throughout the year for each of the countries. Uh, you might you might strike lucky and time one in with your, or even time some of your travel around one if you really like the sound of it. That's mm-hmm. probably I'd say is a good tip as well. Yeah, because the festivals are fantastic. The, or on the flip side. There may be some places that you want to avoid. Absolutely. So, like, we wanted to get out of Mexico before spring break because the oh, prices skyrocket yeah. and we didn't want to be there with, yeah, with that, spring break. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, like, just, yeah, checking out what's on in the countries at particular times is definitely a good one. Yep, okay. And you got here, things will go wrong, take a breath. Got great advice. Yeah. Yes, things things will go wrong. <laughs> that is it's that's my, that my experience in South that. America as well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely part of it. And yeah, just can you tell the listeners about the Selena Road Trip Ecuador competition? I don't know much about it. Um, but maybe tell the listeners and me as well what the rough idea of this competition is and how did you win it? Yeah, so um it started probably about a, m- a month ago now. We we saw it, so we followed the Selena Instagram um it's great and they they um, do lots of promotions and things like that that's definitely mm-hmm. another tip as well like follow the follow the hostels because they'll quite often do 20 percent off or things like that so we saw this on their selena page and we were like oh we might as well give it a go and um, the first thing was it was just lots of questions about you and what kind of things you'd bring to it and then basically we had to do lots of different challenges uh, over like a three-week period a lot of it revolved around like content creation mm. Um, and social media and um, yeah, different aspects like that. So like we had to do a video telling people that we were, we were entering this competition, um, which we did. We went paragliding and recorded ourselves uh, <laughs> telling everyone we were doing the competition whilst paragliding. That's awesome. Which was, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely a bit different. Um, so basically they're, they're running this road trip around Ecuador for 12 days. They've got, I think it's been 12 road trippers um, who were chosen from all around the world. I think the main reason is because Ecuador is trying out a new, well, not the main reason, but one of the reasons is Ecuador is trying out a new nomad traveling visa. Oh, yeah. uh, so they want to kind of uh, show people what Ecuador is all about. Like we've, we've found particularly traveling South America, a lot of people go to Colombia, a lot of people go to Peru, yeah. but not as many people go to Ecuador. Mm. Um, there's actually so many amazing places to go apart from the Galapagos. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's all about experiencing the culture and, and the places there. So we've been really lucky to, to be one of the, the, the few winners of this road trip. So, yeah, a 12-day road trip with some amazing people, really. And when do you sort of start that then? We set off from Quito on yeah. the 18th of September. It's, you know, kept as a bit of a, a, bit of a mystery, to be honest <laughs> with you. We know, nice. like, four of the main points, which... I could, I could not enjoy more. I think I love the, I love the fact that it's going to be like we're not going to know what's going to come, and we're going to adapt and uh, enjoy each individual, like each experience as it comes. I think that's something else which we've really, in, really tried to make an effort for is not to try and look at too many photos of places. Yeah, oh, yeah, key, again, key. yeah, mm. again, really key for because it's so easy to be like, look at this amazing place. Like I went here and to be like, oh, I'm literally going to see that in a few days. It is beautiful, but I want to experience it myself for the first yeah. time. So try and do that as much as possible. And Selena, they're a fantastic set of hostels and we're going to be staying as soon as we go and documenting 
the senior. So if anyone has any advice about staying there, then we'll be putting it on Instagram and putting a lot of a trip on Instagram. Actually, I think it's all being documented by social media influencers and by media along the way. Okay. And yeah, you say here you've got, you could be on their social media. So Selena Road Trip Instagram. I think I started following yesterday, actually. And Selena and Selena Ecuador pages as well. So you're going to be all over yes. sort of social media and maybe magazines and press conferences and stuff like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got, yeah, if you follow the yeah, Selena Road Trip uh, Instagram is the one that I think we'll be posting most of it. I think we're going to do... I think we're going to do some stuff before our trip as well from our Instagram just to it's it was we're so lucky to win thousands of people entered so we want to try and put so as much stuff up on there because we want to encourage people to try enter this kind of thing we always go on Instagram and comment on like the smaller competitions for everything else being like tag your friend to win this and we yeah. never won <laughs> so when this opportunity came yeah. up to do a competition that involved a set of challenges we actually thought this is kind of we, we love doing challenges. We love doing games. Yeah. So we'll give it the best we can. And it absolutely paid off. So we want to really encourage people to really put themselves out front, go for this kind of thing. Yeah. So congratulations. That's awesome. And it's super exciting, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a unique experience, I think, when you travel, right? To do something like that. Um, because the exposure oh, you're going to get and the way you had to win it is quite unique. Like it's a, it's a cool thing to achieve. So that's a, it's a top-notch achievement, I think. Oh, oh, definitely. And, and also to be like thrown in with, I think, like a bunch of other people from all around the world and, and like, and to travel with them, like everything will be done together. I think we're hoping that it's going to create like a really nice like family bond. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're really excited to like meet the other road trippers and yeah, experience it all together. Awesome. So that's a month away as we speak today. So are you going to stay mm -hmm. in the same place where you are now for a month? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we've got literally up until this the ecuador road trip we're going to mm -hmm. be here for another month then we're hopefully going to do the galapagos for yeah. probably about a week because i'm not sure we can afford any more than that mm -hmm. um and then yeah then my mum's going to come out again <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our other travel companion yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're all going to do machu picchu which sounds great then so i good, think we're yeah. going to try and find some more volunteering aren't we we're unsure um We'll do a bit of time in Bolivia and then maybe some volunteering in maybe Patagonia. Mm -hmm. We're undecided yeah, yet. We need to do a bit of research, get back on work away, don't we? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really excited. The World Cup is at Christmas this year. So between November yeah. and December, the Football World Cup. Mm. So we're going to be in a South America for it, where obviously football is a religion to a lot of these countries. So I'm really 100%. excited to, really excited to experience what that's going to be like. We've heard the Argentinian national football matches are some of the craziest things that you can do uh so we're going to really try and well first of all we're going to buy a football shirt the correct football shirt for the country because <laughs> at the moment we've key. got we, key absolutely we've got columbia football shirts and i'm not sure that, that will go down too well wearing them in argentina or chile or brazil mm. any of those yeah absolutely yeah that's why i went to south america last time i went to the world cup in brazil <laughs> That was no, that, oh, that really? was when was that 2014? Yeah. Oh, so wow. I did see Argentina Messi actually against Bosnia. That was an American R and he scored. That was a amazing wow. experience. That's probably the best atmosphere I've witnessed actually. That Argentinian fans were were crazy. And there's no like no Bosnian fans there, right? It's maybe maybe like a hundred maximum. It's all Argentinians. So we're jumping along, singing the songs, they stand up, they wave their hands all game. But when Messi scored, 
kicked off like they were going mental. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh my god, what an experience! There you yeah, go. Well, I do hope that's the thing. I hope that Argentina go far. If we're in Argentina, I do hope they go far in the competitions. Yeah, yeah, you want them to win. Don't you? I, oh, absolutely. Oh, you've got, I want to see Messi score now. Okay, I won't hold any expectations too much. That's amazing. Did you go specifically for the World Cup, or were yeah. you sorry? Were you just there? So I done my oh, I done my six months Australia work visa, and then I was always in South America, right? But that was the like you guys have said before. That was the fixed I had to be at that point, and I was leaving at that point. But I was carrying on like through, by land through South America after that. But yeah, my friends came from UK. We went to unfortunately went to the England games against um, Uruguay when Suarez knocked us out, and then yeah. that, that was in Sao Paulo. We we're there for that. That wasn't a great game. I didn't like Sao Paulo as well, and then we went to watch us against Costa Rica in uh, Belo Horizonte. And that was a terrible, terrible game. Other than that, <laughs> we, we made sure we saw some good teams. So yeah, we saw Argentina, we saw a few other um, countries in the American R. So that was a real good experience. We based ourselves oh. in Rio. So that was the, that was the hub. And we went out like by train or bus to, or flying by to the other places to see the games. Incredible experience. Brazilians absolutely love their football and so do Argentinians yeah yeah we're gonna we're going to put ourselves in in the craziest like fan zone that we can find yeah when I go see the game obviously it'll be a guitar they hopefully have these fan zones with big they screens they will yeah. Yeah, yeah so that yeah that's what we're we're gonna be finding and getting really involved with it yeah the fan zones in Brazil were on the beach so a Copacabana oh, beach oh, and Ipanema beach <laughs> Ipanema maybe not Copacabana or along the beach like two or three fan, I, fan zones you go in there only, I might Wow. Oh, wow that's, I wonder if they instead of throwing the beers like they, they throw like pina coladas up instead of the beaches <laughs> in, like, it's the caperinas right the caperinas oh, like, the, the, yeah. yeah they throw Gosh, them they're the lethal <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah there's a there's a, almost a lifetime ban on those they're, they're too ruthless yeah definitely <laughs> self-imposed self lifetime ban yeah yeah absolutely uh, you, you have a way over time that, that's great if you can't go to World Cup in South America the next best thing is watching it in South America right so I was actually yeah. I was in Argentina when they got to the final, so they won the semi-final. Yeah, I was I was in Salta, I think, in Argentina. Wow! wow. And uh, yeah, they go mental, obviously. And then we we're in it. Chile when Brazil lost seven-one, right? And the Chileans were all supporting Germany, and they <laughs> don't like Brazil. <laughs> so, don't wear oh, Brazil shirt in some Chile. Things don't change. Do they? No, <laughs> some things don't change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we we should be used to that because. Wasn't it that rugby advert that went out when it has all France, uh, yeah. it has France, uh, Ireland and Wales all going England, England. And it's like, it's not who, it's not who you love. It's who you hate that you have in common. It's, it's yeah. who do you want to, who, who do you want to lose the six nations? Yeah, who do you want to lose yeah. the six nations, yeah. England. Yeah. yeah. That was like, we, yeah. <laughs> we're used to that inter-country rivalry, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. I, I think you'll find that in South America big time. Football is huge, right? So you're going <laughs> to, just plan your shirts carefully. I think, you know, you know, like Colombia and Chile, be, I'd be fine that shirt, right? But like, if you start wearing maybe the bigger teams, if you like, you know, Brazil, Argentina, in each of their countries, that's a no-no. But also in other countries like Bolivia, if you wear Brazil shirt, they'd be like, oh. If you, if you wear in Chile, like, oh, like it's, it's Brazil, Argentina, they're the two that get the most stick. I think. We'll be very, we'll like be very that. careful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so your plan is, as you said before, at the start of the uh, episode, nine months to go ish. In South America, I guess you're gonna go to every country possible, or do you have certain countries that you're gonna go to? Uh, we're gonna try and do most of them, apart from the ones near the top. Obviously, Venezuela's a no-no. Yeah. Um, we're gonna try and do like a couple of days in Paraguay and Uruguay, 
Um, but the main ones that we're going to do, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, Brazil. I mean, awesome. Brazil is so big, I think you could spend six months in there. <laughs> Just know yourself. 100%. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the rough plan. And Machu Picchu, again, it's another great thing to do. Uh, have you booked that already, I guess? No, no, no. no, no. no. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we're kind of last minute people, aren't we? Um, <laughs> and my mum's even worse, and she's doing it with us. So we're in the process now of trying to do some research, trying to find the best ones. We want to find one that's obviously not crazy expensive because we're on a budget, but apparently a lot of the, not, we don't want to name it, I don't know any names, but the cheaper ones, um, some of the porters are not treated as well. True. Um, so we want to make sure that we we get one that's the, the porters and everyone that helps you along the trek uh, treated well and they get food and accommodation and obviously you're paid fairly and everything. So, because that's really important. Yeah, I've done my research at the time. I went with SAS Travel. They're based in Cusco. Oh. And I'm going to write it down. Maddie's, Maddie's yeah. got her notes out. SAS Travel. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and you. We will they seem to be legit. They seem, they're seem they great. Like We even spoke to the porters at the end. We all gave them a tip and thanked them. And If there's one bit of advice I'd give you maybe for the porters, try and learn some Quechuan, the language. They don't know English. They probably won't speak English. Maybe the, the head chef spoke English to us, but like the rest of the porters didn't. And they're quite okay. quite shy. And I felt like Spanish was maybe okay, but if you learn Quechuan, you might be able to get you know a bit more of conversation, uh, you know, make them feel a bit more friendly to them. Because I think they're a bit intimidated by like you know a group of 12, 13, 14 sort of white travelers there, right, kind of hitchhiking around. So I that was my one bit of advice. If I was going to do it again, I'd learn Quechuan, the lang- local language. Okay, there you we'll, go. we'll definitely learn some greetings some at least. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 just something like that because none of us spoke Quechuan and. A few of us spoke like some basic Spanish. I know the guides were there, but there's like translating from them. It'd be good to speak to them directly, like ask them like, how are you doing like directly, not through a guide or through someone else. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Lovely. Is Thank there any you. is there any other top tips that you'd give for I yeah. guess, any of the any of the countries? I love Bolivia, so that's my favourite. Um it's also one of the cheapest in South yeah. America, maybe the cheapest. Um does some crazy stuff in Bolivia. So we've done the silver mine tour. In Potosi, and if you love you love experiences, so this is like head torch on, helmet on, a working mine, and you can wow. do a tour and climb up ladders in the dark and go and speak to the miners. But you can also buy miners some presents before, right? So I bought some dynamite from the market, um, which is a what? Not, not something not, not, not something you do every day, right? So I bought I bought children's books and dynamite, and I gave them to the miners as a I don't know, like a almost like a tip, really, like. Thanks for letting us come yeah. in your mind. So you go to the market beforehand, you buy your gifts. Um, Coca leaves is a must. Like you buy them for them as like expected. And then you go into this tour and it's pretty cool. Just to kind of hear some explosions in the mine and walk around and wow, get a bit of a tour. I am expecting, I am seeing like Looney Tunes, like Looney Tunes, like was it like TNT that you're like, like carrying down there yourself? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. it is a strange experience because you are carrying TNT. It is... I don't think you'll That's get that many incredible. other places. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's, we are hundred percent be doing that. I don't know. I don't know the tour company's name, but I think any hostel in Potosi would would have that. So I think it's not a hard thing to to find out. That's that's a, that was a highlight. Death Road was obviously a highlight. It's a classic, but biking down Death Road is a must. Yeah. Um, that was a bit of a highlight. And Bolivia is also. I didn't go to the east, but it's a part of the Amazon, right? So Cochabamba, that far east. I think that's worth doing. Maybe a bit cheaper to go and do some tours from the east into the Amazon. Oh, nice. Okay. Death Road is something I, when I was 
you know, I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't know what age, but younger, let's say 13, 14, a lot of my exposure to, to travel was through Top Gear yes. and their cheap car challenges that they would do. So, you know, Bolivia Death Road is, has been something <laughs> that's been like on my mind since seeing them, since they do that. I don't, it sounds so like typical, but I actually think it was that for me, that's like one of like the perfect job in the world to go and do. And oh, unreal. Being an amazing job. And actually they did highlight a couple of, a couple of like amazing things and yeah, doing Death Road. I'll be on a, I'll be on a bike though. I think we're going to like motorcycle, like yeah, bicycle oh, yeah. it rather than drive it. it. Yeah, uh, don't, oh, don't drive it. Um, <laughs> I would yeah, <laughs> go on a bike. Um, be yeah. I'm not sure you can is. drive it anymore. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. uh, locals can drive. They don't because there's a better road up the hill. So they just drive on that. Oh, that um, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why they'd risk going on Death Road. Yeah, it's just a tourist track. A road there. literally yeah. called Death Road. I do it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see like little crisscrosses on the, on the road, right, where people fell off or died or whatever. So... You'll see that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. And of course, the salt flats. That's a huge, huge highlight. Have to do that. I've done the border crossing, right? You can do a tour from northern Chile across to Bolivia or vice versa. And it includes salt flats, but also the border crossing into the other country. So oh. that's worth maybe combining. Oh, that's good. I'm writing all of this down. Yeah, border crossings are something that we've had. We've, we've, we just seem to be having mixed experiences with. Okay. So the, whether it's there are like protests happened and we've had to like get out the car and you know, grab like motorbikes with on the same motorbike with both our backpacks or whether it's been raining absolutely horrendously and we've gone to run through what we thought was shelter, but actually was a lorry car wash machine um, and getting sprayed with chemical fluids from a lorry car wash machine. We just don't seem to be yeah. have wow. the best luck when it comes to border crossings. No, but we smile <laughs> but, and we get through it. We smile and we love it and we get through it. So a, a tour that includes a salt flats and border crossing, sign yeah. me up. Yeah. yeah, should be no problems. <laughs> Should be. Um, and also, I went from San Pedro to Atacama, which is in northern Chile in the Atacama Desert. I wish I had more time there. It was such a cool place to stay. And I don't think many people go there. I'm not sure. That's another tip I'd have in northern Chile is I, I know people go south. If you go to Atacama Desert and maybe do some tours, there. So it's one of the driest places in the world, right? So there's some cool things to go and see. Yeah, maybe hey. get a bike out and, or, or get a car, either or, and go and check out the area. Will do. Thank you, James. That's perfect. Thank you. That's enough about me. You're doing that. South America, then you're back to London afterwards. Yeah, we, we really want to live in London. London, as it's just so close to family and it has so much to offer. When people, a lot of the time, do you know, actually, that's not true. When we do get asked, like, if what's, what about the UK? Because we do say, when we're speaking to people, have you know, from whether, whatever nationality, have you ever, you know, it comes up, have you been to the UK? Whether it's yes or no, I don't, sometimes it's, a lot of the time, actually, it's either university students who have studied like a year in like a specific city in the UK, mm. or maybe that they've just done maybe like four days or something. I don't really know if I can't really think of an example. It's like an in between, like, for example, like on an honest to God, like backpacking around the UK. I don't think we've met someone yet. Right. No, I, I think the only time people explored the UK was during COVID when you literally couldn't leave. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But we are such advocates for London itself as a city. We absolutely love. We always say if you can spend, you know, five days, let's end if you know someone. Mm. And also experience Wales and Scotland. We did a road trip. So along with our Selena Ecuador, like road trip, our only other experience of a road trip really was going through Scotland. Nice. Which was an amazing experience. We did the the N C five hundred around the top yeah. in our car. We drove our car from Cardiff up and did that and camped 
out uh, whenever wherever we were allowed to. And it's also where we got engaged. And so oh, nice. it's, oh. it's, a very, it's a very special place for us. And I think that we're always advocates. And we actually met so many tourists, obviously not at that time, but so many people who had said that tourists would come to Scotland from far-flung places in the world. It really does draw like a it worldwide does. crowd, which is something that I didn't actually necessarily know about Scotland. Yeah, I think that's on our plan for our trip, actually, in Scotland to do a road trip. I think that's on the list, weirdly enough, because we've never taken advantage of being in UK to do it. So, yeah, we have to add that in. Um, it looks magical. Oh, definitely. For people to follow your travels, where can people follow you on social media? And our account's called uh, The Pursuit of Silliness. <laughs> Just, uh, bring, <laughs> Love that name. Love it. Light, lightheartedness to our travels. And a, dollar, and a good dollop of honesty as well. We will post about very much during the day what happens to us not we do like put some nice photos there we do try mm. but we was but we like to be honest about our experiences and maddie's really good at posting like informative tips and also answering any questions as well we love getting questions from people to find out you know how best to do somewhere because if there's if we could improve actually someone's experience then i think that's our, it's actually such a lovely thing to be able to do yeah, I love receiving messages and basically planning people's trips for them. <laughs> That's an invitation. <laughs> Always that. Definitely an invitation. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I actually love your Instagram account. It's brilliant. I love watching it. I love reading it. I love uh, kind of keeping an eye on it. So it's, it's one of my favourites uh, that I've got. That I've oh, got. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> it's also there's, there's a bit of fun in there. Like it's not too serious, and you do some funny content. So I will obviously keep following <laughs> you guys. <laughs> we'll hopefully do a bit Thanks. more. Yeah, absolutely. And there'll be a link in the show notes for people to access that as well. Oh, thank you, James. And we will obviously, yeah, thank you so much for having on to the having us on to the podcast, as you said at the end. But uh, we've we've been looking forward to this, yeah, massively for for a while. And your podcast is fantastic. We will be recommending it as a travel tool as well as entertainment yeah. for because it's actually something that you get asked so much: is what are you reading? What podcast are you yes. listening to? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? So. And word of mouth in travel is, is just Huge. gold dust, really, I think. Yeah. It's yeah, such, a, you, it's such yeah. a community for that. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I'll tell you what, where I was going with it, right, with the guests, is that I interview a lot of guests who are maybe not traveling at the minute. It's like a lot of past experiences or what they've done. I've, I've very rarely, apart from Frank a few weeks ago, a couple of part one, part two, and you guys, you're actually traveling at the minute. And it's quite cool. It gives me a bit of a buzz to hear you about your guys' trip because it's like, ah, uh, it's a bit of inspiration for me. And it's a bit different to maybe hearing about a past trip. I'm like hearing what you're doing right now. It's, it's quite cool. So I was really excited to get you guys on. And it's always going to be, yeah, when you asked. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be lovely to after doing some, you know, after I've seen the road trip and, you know, maybe after some more time in South America to come and speak to you again. It would be, it would be really interesting just to absolutely mid a mid a mid trip recap. Yeah. You, you guys are always welcome to come back on. I think I'm always a yes to come back on if you're traveling, right? Because... That's what I did with Frank, right? Believe it or not, we've done two episodes, part one, part two, but they're, they're three months almost apart, maybe two and a half months in terms of recording because I was trying to catch him when he had good internet in Africa, right? It's quite tough. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you guys are want to come back on, it's definitely, yes, I want to hear about South America because I went there like quite a long time ago now, what, eight years ago, nine years ago? So I do need to hear some more updates at the current time as we're in now. Yeah, see what's changed, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, that's brilliant. I'm now going to finish the generic feature for all episodes is the quick fire travel questions. I'm going to fire some some of your favourite things that you've seen on your travels. And I'm going to start with... Hey, yeah, just a quick one before we carry on with the travel questions. 
I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. Across the board, yeah, three favorite countries that you've been to. We loved Iceland. 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 I'm going to put Iceland, mm. Costa Rica, and Honduras, because I, lo- I really love Utila. Yeah. Okay. And what about three countries that you've not been to that's on your hit list that you'd love to go to next? Mine's India, Norway, and the Philippines. Nice. That's very yeah. fast. Mine is... <laughs> no, I love that. Japan, Philippines, maybe like Uganda. Ooh, oh, nice. rogue. Love that. Okay. Yeah. What about a country that you've not lived in before that you would live in for a year? I would say I really want to live in Barcelona. In Spain. I agree. Spain. I can't... We've spent this long learning Spanish. Congo can't learn another language. <laughs> I, I, I would love to. I would love to live in. Yeah, Spain number one, but and at number two is somewhere like I've got family who are currently living in New York, and nice. I, New York is somewhere that re- you know really does appeal to spend a bit of time and mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And what about a favourite beach each? I'm going to say the beach we got engaged at in the Isle of, the Isle of Skye in Scotland mm-hmm. is an amazing beach. That was oh, beautiful. Oh, it's hard to top that There now. you go. I knew that's what I was going to Oh, there you go. I could top you afterwards. Okay. I'm going to say <laughs> so one of the beaches in the San Blas Islands. They're got completely it. white sand and surrounded yeah. by starfish. And the beaches, the beaches in like Kikulka, there's, yeah. a, there's a beach uh, you can like canoe round to like a, a beach bar which has one of the best beaches that we were at as well that's awesome and do you both drink coffee jack doesn't but i do he doesn't okay. need any more energy uh <laughs> jack do you think do you drink tea i love tea okay so yeah this question is slightly different so if you can drink coffee or tea whatever you choose in one city in the world and watch the world go by where would you drink that tea or coffee that is a great question just in like a cafe watching the front entrance of a uh, a trading floor market in Wall Street and just watch the chaos. I'd love <laughs> yeah. to do that. Okay. I think I'd choose somewhere in Italy. I'm not 100% sure oh, nice where. Good. Maybe in like like the Amalfi Coast or somewhere like that. And just Because I'd need to have a sunset near where I am. Yeah, so that's so my true. favorite time of mm. day. And, just, uh, and probably some water near me and just watch all the crazy Italians. I'd love that. Okay. <laughs> Maddie, what is... Uh, a favorite coffee. So, do you have a country's favorite coffee? You know, in terms of like drinking, is it Colombian? Is it Ethiopian? Uh, is it is there a particular coffee you like? I actually had one of my favorite coffees the other day in Colombia. That was amazing. Um, nice. But also the the Costa Rican coffee was delicious. Yeah. And Jack, what tea bags do you drink? What's your favorite tea bag? <laughs> <What> tea bag? <laughs> if you could send, if you could send to me any, any literally any El Grey tea. It doesn't matter what company anymore. If you, anyone could send me one, then I don't care. I that an L Grey. I'm just gonna give like a flavour because I can't. I can't. I can't afford to be choosy at this point. 
<laughs> I've carried round. Someone did bring out El Grady, and I, I got them from a hotel, and I've carried them round in my bag for weeks yeah. and weeks. Wow. Okay, El Grady. I'll take that. And what about a favourite city each? We're not really city people. Mm. Um, oh. I really liked Medellin. Ah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Do you know what? I will go for a travel, a country, yeah, a country in terms of the yeah travel. I would, I would agree and say Medellin was absolutely fantastic. It's yeah. just crazy in the best possible way. Yeah. I and from I love London. Like we are. I really. I know. I, in terms of, I know it's obviously not travel, but it's a it's a city that you know we. It just it just feels when you feel you get to a city it feels right. That's that's all I can find it. But that's. That's how I kind of felt in Medellin as well. That similar feeling of, of settling, of, of feeling, right, I, I feel good here. I, mm. yeah, that's, it's like a sensation you get. Also, a similar sensation when you go, oh, this is not safe. I need to leave here immediately. <laughs> it's that like, gut feeling you get what, that, that I have with London. I, I got with Medellin as well. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And what about a favourite walk or trek each that you've done? We're both looking very coy right now. <laughs> we, do like we like we like hiking with it with like a purpose so i'm going to say Akatan Anglo mm -hmm. yeah because it was just the end product just felt spectacular yeah Akatan Anglo was incredible yeah i would agree okay uh, a few more questions well, we, we we love beach walks under the stars as well so i'll say that as well actually we love a night we have a night beach walk as well dreamy yeah, yeah big fan of that okay and uh, a few more questions left what about a favorite party place utila utila yeah. Okay. They have a uh, tequila Tuesdays. You get free oh tequila for an hour. <laughs> that is dangerous. <laughs> okay. Never great, never great tip. <laughs> yeah. And what about a favourite landmark? This can be man-made or nature. I keep just thinking of places I've been recently, but uh, uh, Guatape. We went the other day. It's the second largest. Oh, another another fact. Sorry, I can't help it. We love that. Another we love uh, second largest uh, like freestanding rock or like monolith. Um, yeah. And the views from that were absolutely beautiful. Definitely a must place for people to visit. Guatape. I did a, a wreck dive in Utila and mm -hmm. seeing a, a, like a boat underwater, like a boat underwater. Oh, uh, yeah. A landmark such was, that was really, that was, yeah. um, that was really cool. Not really yeah, a landmark yeah. such, but yeah, it, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, that's, that's a cool thing to see. Yeah, yeah. Underrated, actually, I think. And this is quite a hard but very important question. Your favourite cuisine that you've experienced on your travels? Oh, James. <laughs> Mine's Thai food. I love oh, Thai food. That's my, that's my number one Thai food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. hands down. Experience all my travels. I really, I would love to say I've been to Japan so then I could say sushi, but I can't. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say Vietnamese food. I love Vietnamese food. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And what about a favourite high adrenaline activity that you've done? I love whitewater rafting. As an activity that I we've done and would absolutely do many many times again. That's really that's so true. We actually have that. There's a apparently like a two or two or three day whitewater rafting tour that you can do where oh, you wow. you raft down the river. You then camp and raft down the river in Chile or I think Chile or oh, Bolivia, Peru. So that's mm -hmm. something that we do here. So I'm gonna. Do you know, I agree. I think that's really good actually. We, we love paragliding. We love we love paragliding. We love diving as well. But diving is something that we. We've done quite a, quite a few was times. That high adrenaline? I don't know. When my partner's tank burst, that was oh. very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> my adrenaline was, yeah. But you no, I know exactly what you mean. I would I would agree with you, actually. White water off thing is something that we'd happily, we'd love to do again and make yeah. a thing out of, yeah. So much fun. Okay. Awesome. And two questions left. The penultimate question is, 
What's been the country for the best value for money overall? I'm to say Colombia. Do you know what? I would absolutely agree with that. Actually. You can go whiteboard rafting for £12 for an hour. Oh, wow. Bloody hell. Yeah, for value. And paragliding, yeah. £20. Oh, that's on my list, paragliding. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's best for activities-wise. I would say you get the most. You for can food, do the most. Yeah. Columbia. And travel as well. Yeah. So, yeah, for absolutely. For your bang for your buck, Colombia. Brilliant. Okay. And the last question, which I do ask all the guests is if someone's thinking about right now, they're not sure of why to travel or even maybe trying to make that leap to go traveling, maybe a bit scared. What are some words of advice that you can give them and maybe just share what is the purpose of travel that you think as well? Just remember, there's probably a thousand other people who are in exactly the same boat as you and who are willing to connect. Travelers are some of the friendliest people. You can literally talk to anyone and you you can message anyone on any form of social media and reach out and, and guarantee someone will, someone will reply to you. If not, 100 people will reply to you. Um, for me, I feel like the purpose of travel is, is to like expand your knowledge of cultures and cuisines and places and and just experience things that you, you can't really experience in like your own country. Yeah, I'm going to go to the end of it first. I think that yeah, what traveling to me, it's, it's like intelligence and and where you're off is so like quantified nowadays with you know grades and what yeah. you know what what sort of you doing like exams outside of school and with work and stuff like that but actually maybe it's more life experience and that's you know how you we feel like we improve ourselves and advance ourselves very very quite co- like intelligent and things sound like coming from me to be honest with you but that's it's that's kind of the best way I can describe it. It's how we feel like at this moment we want to advance, like advance ourselves, rather than the standard nine to five job, which we will go back and do, and we, I'm sure, we'll hopefully go back and find something that we love. Mm. But at this moment and for you know foreseeable future, that's that's kind of how we feel. And one bit of advice is buy a map. If you can be alone, like before you go, buy a Lonely Planet map. Find the 20 can't miss things out of the country, dot them all down on a map, like jot all numbers by them so you can, not like I did, just put blind dots on a map and you forget what they are. Number them, make a little list, and there you have your starting point. Then you can join the dots, what works, what doesn't work. And especially if you're someone who doesn't want to go and and if you're, if you're worried about traveling and you're not going to want to go and just see what happens, having a bit of a plan will help make you feel better about that and highly recommend doing that. Okay, that's awesome. So Jack and Maddie, thanks for making time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I've loved the chat. I've learned so much. I've got so many tips and it's very inspirational for me to hear about what you guys are doing, what's next, and it's going to inspire me to travel in the near future. So thanks for coming on. Please feel free to message us anytime. Thanks anybody. For, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, James. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. 
finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.